Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. You know, there's an old adage in sports. They don't ask how, they ask how many. It's been said so many times before. Tonight was proof positive of it. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers scrape together, dare I say, Sack Schnitzer, a 19-12 win to move to 2-0 and win sweep the back-to-back against the Ottawa Red Blacks. How are you, friend? I am fine and dandy, buddy. Uh, I've been battling a tummy bug and... uh... This must Luckily, have made you feel better. This made me feel better. I was able to eat a banana finally today. Uh, the bombers monkeyed around in the first half, but they That's one way to put it. Ottawa couldn't put them away. And I, I know last week, Darren, I was a bit bummed on the bombers. I thought we were lucky to win. I realized that we still only scored nineteen points, but to keep the Red Blacks out of the out of the end zone, buddy. And yep. and to to make the plays they needed to make at, at the perfect time, that to me on a back to back on the road against a good coach, a good quarterback who was still throwing dimes, Darren, to win like that on the road impressed the heck out of me, to be honest. So Zach Kolaris hasn't looked spectacular, hasn't looked MOP form this season but he's getting it done when it matters. He's finding Greg Ellingson. He's finding Dalton Schoen. He's enough of a threat to keep Ottawa's defense honest. And he's clutch. He's making it happen when it matters. I want to talk about the offense here on game day after dark and welcome to everybody out there in the live chat, watching live on YouTube and Facebook. Tons of people have hit the bonfire hotline. It's right there. 204-816-TIPS, 816 call or text. Uh, it's just like texting your mama. Standard message rates apply, as we like to say. Um, and I want to talk about the run game. I want to talk about Zach Kolaris. How about Greg Ellingson with touchdowns in back-to-back games? His, he's got as many touchdowns as he does games in blue and gold, including no preseason games he played. So two for two for Greg Ellingson. Kind of could say two for three as he uh, let one touchdown slip through his hands. Eh. I want to talk about the spark plug that is Johnny Augustine. What did you see from 27 tonight as he uh, kind of spelled Brady Oliveira late in the game? I, I thought, first of all, I do want to give a shout out to Brady Oliveira, Darren. I know that they they wrapped him up pretty well in the first half and all of, and Augustine had that big uh, run. He ripped off a 24-yarder or in the first half. I thought... I thought Oliveira was good, and I liked the change of pace. I liked what they did with the change of pace, and I think it threw Ottawa off balance. They're different yeah. runners. Yeah. 
And and the other thing I loved was, and I, and I know, so here's the thing. People want Johnny Augustine to get more touches. I get that. But I think when you're a defense and you have a guy who runs more of a, run, a zone run package up the A or B gap in Oliveira, lowers a shoulder pad, and then you have a slasher and a burner like Augustine, I think that gives you problems. And then you saw when Oliveira... There was a big first down in that second half when Zach was under pressure. He threw back against his body on a screen to Oliveira, which went for about 20 yards. There was a flag, but then it was picked up. And I thought the way that they used both of them was was exceptional. And I, and I thought both running backs picked up key blitzes, key blocks on big throws that Zach had to make. And well, that's see. where that's where we were wondering, because I think we knew the talent was there with the running backs, Darren. But could they pick up the blocking scheme? Right. Those protection schemes. Like Andrew Harris was so good at it, right? So good. Massive. So I was super impressed with our running back. And credit to Buck Pierce, because armchair quarterbacks like me always want to abandon the run. But he kept with the run, Darren, and it yep. worked. And, and they pulled out. They had two huge, long um, clock gobbling drives, as you said once. Oh in the man, that half. was years ago. I remember, <laughs> buddy. I that, that I remember <laughs> my most and famous moment. My most I famous moment it. on TSR. Loved it, and I still love it. And and I'll give you all the credit to to to, to rip that game away from Ottawa. And let me just say one more thing because I, I know I'm going on a tangent. the 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 turning point of that game for me was that incredible third down stuff by Jackson Jeffcoat ripping the ball away. And then you said it. What does Zach Galaris do on the very first play? He rips one 30, 35 yards to Greg Ellingson tight, tight window, but he's not like, that's the thing. Galaris, he, he didn't have an amazing game. He missed a couple throws, especially in the red zone. Although one was, was 60, 68%. 68% two touchdowns, one interception. He had a great Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterback game, but but okay. he comes up yeah. clutch when it matters. Like no shade to Matt Nichols. He never would have thrown a corner route backed up like that and and hit it perfectly to Greg Ellingson. And the, the bomber fans should be exciting, excited at this connection between Caleros and Ellingson. I know I'm going Kolaris. Anyway. I, I loved it. I, I'm really impressed with the team. I have to live tell you. chat. I'm I'm impressed with the way they're able to just gut out wins, right? Yep. And uh, shout out to Sandy who's watching live on YouTube. Take it easy on your remote. Uh, be safe. Uh, but yeah, like you know, for I can understand for Bomber fans. I can totally understand the frustration, right? Because you're expecting this team to be so good, so powerful. We saw yeah. what Ottawa was last year. They're clearly much improved. I see their physical level of play completely different this season than last. They're just bringing it. Yeah. Uh, you, you're playing kind of that blue bomber style of defense, yeah. even on offense, the way they kind of deliver the blow, um, you know, with their ball carriers, uh, very impressed with them. Um, you know, some people mentioning Dalton shown uh, maybe, or, well, they're saying straight up in, in the live chat tonight that, you know, he's the blue bombers most, valuable players so far this season uh, not not too bad you know he had two catches on three targets 58 yards uh, had a, a you know one for uh 31 um picked up a couple second downs which yep. were key obviously had uh, a touchdown uh that put the blue bombers in front if i'm not mistaken um yep. 
I will, I will give him maybe the offensive most impactful player. I'd put Greg Ellingson right there with him, but we got to remember somebody's got to get them the ball. Well, yeah, I thought great for Shone, and you could see the excitement from O'Shea. Yeah. Great for Shone, yeah. and you know he he ran a great route. He, I believe he beat Patrick Levels, who was kicking himself having Patrick Levels is an excellent great. defender. It was a great route. Like Dalton yeah. Shone can run routes really crisp. Yeah, like, Patrick was, Levels is no spring chicken, right? He's seen no, it all in the CFL, that's and, right. and you know, Shone just. Just that one quick jab inside. They did a great job on the broadcast, um, you know, uh, pointing that out. It was impressive. Yeah, uh, I, I believe Dalton, uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks were shown. Let me just say that. They were shown the door by Dalton. Uh, there you he go. put them there over the go. top. I, I was preparing for that one. And, uh, he, you know, I see on the chat, live chat, like, who's our deep threat? I think that's a big question right now in Bomberland. I don't know if Shone's a deep threat, but if you can run smooth routes like that and you're relatively fast, uh, maybe they maybe it's a deep threat by committee for the bomber receivers. But well, I I don't know if you can have a deep threat by committee. You want that one guy that can stretch, the one guy that's a legit threat that keeps the safety honest. Like okay, you know, uh, 80, 88 or eighty. There's no eighty nine on the team, so I'll say like there's eighty nine. Keep yeah. an eye on him. Maybe it'll be 80. Maybe it will be Janarian Grant. You need someone that has that breakaway speed that can blow the top off. That is a you know a saying that happens in football because it's if you blow the top off of a defense, it means the safety's like I'm out of the play because I'm worried about this guy getting past me. Um, yeah. I don't know if Winnipeg has that, or at least they haven't shown it yet. Th this is something Zach I, I think is very important for people out there to keep in mind. It's week two of a 21 week season. And you don't want to show your entire deck of cards in the first two weeks, right? Like the season opener was less than two weeks ago, right? The CFL season opener. You got two games against the same opponent, Hamilton, Winnipeg's future opponents, Toronto on, uh, on uh, July 4th is, is a game we're all looking forward uh, on the calendar, but Hamilton with a great cup rematch next Friday night here in Winnipeg. They're looking at eight quarters, eight quarters of football between two teams. They have double the film. They have like yeah. the way they could look at game one and game two and adjustments and different plays and different wrinkles. Like you don't want to suddenly go, okay, we really got to beat Ottawa in week two as the blue bombers. We really got to beat them. And then, completely change your playbook and, and do a bunch of different stuff. It might help you win that game, but it ain't going to help you win in two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. If, if you're suddenly got twice as many plays out there already labor day, I've been told is the time offensive coordinators, even defensive coordinators start to open things up a little bit um, because there's so much film. Everyone's kind of played each other by then, but some, something to keep in mind. I think that's well said, Darren. And, and the other thing, what I, what I was listening to was that uh, I think it was your interview with Lapo, which was great, by the way, fans. You got to check that out. A great interview with Lapo. You don't you don't often that's hear fun. a one to one with Lapo. That was great. And he said, you know, it does give some some time, some extra time for the coordinators to prep for the next opponent. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's really important. It's a grind. It's a marathon of a season. And you need that extra time when you have a back-to-back. -back. You don't show a whole lot. And and, and this one. So you've got Scott Rogers saying uh, Dembski hasn't been too involved yet. So 
I, I agree, actually. And, and actually, to win in spite of Dembski not being involved, I think is impressive. Yeah. When I said committee, I just think that you do have a, a few receivers that can take the top of a defense. I don't think we've seen it because I know Dembski has in the past. Uh, I think Ellingson can. I, I wonder if Sean can. I think Rashid Bailey can. Mm-hmm. But the the lack of Dembski at, at, at but but then again Dembski came through. I had him down uh, with two plays that were absolutely massive. In the in the third quarter, he did a Dembski. he had a sweep. Dembski. Dembski had a sweep that he was completely bottled up on. Right, and he made chicken salad out of something, which was which was a huge play. You saw Andrew Harris. You talked about how Dembski was given the Oak Park local boy, local hero mantle from Andrew Harris, mm-hmm. and in that play, he was he should have been stopped for three yards. And he, I think he got a first down, Darren. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong there. I think that was I, a twelve yard run. Yeah, it was a so it was a twelve yard run out of nothing. That those are things that you used to see Andrew Harris do, and I thought that was massive. He did have another sweep. Uh, actually, sorry, that was in the fourth quarter. He had that recovery. He had another uh, ten yard, twelve yard first down. Uh, maybe it was nine sweep in the, in the third quarter. So Buck was really uh, using the playbook. Well, widening out that defense, but then he, then, then Dembski, I think ran a great quarter route in, in the, I believe it was the second half, Darren and Caleros missed him. And I thought that, that one miss in the red zone, I would put that on Caleros just from what I saw. He had time to throw the ball. Whereas the other one where, where, where Ellingson couldn't bring it down, Zach was was running to his right and throwing across his body under pressure. It looked like he should have had it, but that's a tougher throw and catch than you might think. I would say. What do you What do you think? Yeah, like I, I've said this to you before, right? We we don't even know all of the intricacies. We we watch it on TV or we watch it live, and it's like, oh yeah, look how easy that looked. You know, like oh, you know, if I had that arm strength, I could make that throw. There's a lot of mental that goes into it and the timing, right? Like the reason the you know, the, the broadcast is so impressed with, um, with the, the connection between Greg Ellingson and Zach Kolaris is because like last week was their first game together since they were teammates in Hamilton, however many years ago, Ellingson yeah. only played seven games that season. I don't even know if Kolaris was the, was the full-time starter yet. Um, but like it, it takes a lot more than meets the eye. Um, yeah. and, and just to, to clarify, you are right. In the third quarter, it was Winnipeg's last possession of the third quarter. That was the Dembski sweep for 12 yards. It was yeah. the run, the like getting caught in the backfield, breaking tackles, bursting through. Uh, that picked up nine, uh, which was nearly, uh, or, you know, that was first and 10, picks up nine. Drew Brown, who maybe wasn't as effective. I'll be diplomatic. Not as effective as, as Dakota Prukup. No. was but got the job done for the most part uh I, I think they could still be better there i don't know if drew brown should be the guy but i digress yeah. he picks up the first down and then two plays later dalton Schoen gets that 27 yard touchdown uh, off yeah. the arm of zach Kolaris. 10 plays 89 yards and that puts winnipeg in front 19 12 and and well we know the rest. That's how it ended. Uh, quite a football game. Um, and, and, you know, there's a few other things I want to touch on, Zach, if you don't mind me jumping around. 
Paul LaPolice, uh, his offense versus Winnipeg's defense. Like, again, we saw uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Mazzoli looking very dangerous. 71%, 330 yards. Not quite the 380 he had last time because although Winston Rose maybe didn't play a great game tonight, he played better than he did last week. There's me being diplomatic again. Um, but you know, <laughs> Nate Bahar and Jalen Acklin, uh, and, and Justin Hardy, you know, yep. it, it wasn't Darvin Adams. He had six targets, only had two catches for 64 yards, only 64. But I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he had that one for 48. That was the, the bulk of, of his work, but Justin Hardy yeah. came out and, and played awesome. Like he was the, the fourth weapon in the past game, uh, you know, let alone Shaq Johnson's 41 yard catch. That, that was a, yep. a critical one too. Um, but he came out and, and made it really, really difficult on the blue bombers defense. Paul at police drew up an excellent game plan, like really, yes, really well designed uh, the way he mixed in the run early, the way he gave Mazzoli time, even though the blue bombers defensive front, I thought did a really, really good job at getting pressure on him. But, they really only sent four at Masoli for most of the game. The Blue Bombers would send four defensive linemen for the most part. And lots of rotation. We saw LB Mac. Uh, you know, obviously Jackson Jeffcoat made a, you know, an impact almost immediately. I think it was the mm-hmm. first offensive play from scrimmage. Uh, he was making a play. Um, but but Ottawa looks really, really good. Um, and as we talk about Dalton Schoen maybe being the most uh uh, impressive player on offense for the blue bombers for, through the first two weeks of the season. I put Greg Ellingson right there as well. There is no doubt in my mind who Winnipeg's most valuable player on defense is right now. And I'm not talking about like leadership and, and veteran pre- all of that, that big Hill and Jefferson and Jeff Coat bring. I'm talking about the guy that has made plays that made a difference in the game. And it is Dietrich Nichols. Yep. He had a huge pass breakup in the end zone that, in my yep. opinion, Zach saved the game. Absolutely. He's so good and clean, like not taking PIs, not uh, being uh, irresponsible in his coverage. The way that he tracks with his eyes, they pointed out on, on the TSN broadcast. Yeah. What a football player. What a huge, huge find. Uh, how about this? This is, this is funny. I tweeted that Nichols is a human tarp. I didn't hashtag nothing. I just put Nichols is a human tarp. First like on Twitter, DeAndre Alford watching nice. on ESPN2 <laughs> down in Georgia. Dude, that is awesome. That, what well, a, that's what his a old great... boy. That's his old running mate, right? So, you know, he, totally. he's watching closely and, and obviously yep. the NFLer. Uh, DeAndre Alford impressed uh, with well, Nichols tonight, and I love you know I thought of you I thought of you immediately, buddy, when Nichols made that play, and and just to put an exclamation point, well, on I told you important. two weeks ago. What well, did I you tell you two weeks? No, ago. That's why I was thinking of you because I'm like, oh, there, mm-hmm. Bobby's gonna tweet something because Nichols <laughs> just made an absolutely massive play. He watched the receiver's eyes, Darren, and he put his arm out at the at the last second. Yeah. That that must be so incredibly difficult to not get a PI there. You could see Masoli, he threw a dime and he was pissed. Like he was just like, but to put a point on that one, I believe that that was the end of the I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it was the end of the third quarter, but that was that was near the red zone. 
and I believe Ottawa. Yes. Did they not get? Did they get a turnover on that one? Was that the one where they got the uh, third the down? Nichols, Nichols punch out in the end zone. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Was that the drive? Was that the drive that where, or were they got a field goal on that one? No. Uh, the Nichols knockdown in the end zone uh, was led to the second turnover on downs. And then Paul Apolice challenged for the defensive pass interference. Right, he went fishing. Uh, yeah. Following, yeah. You know, hey, why not? At that point, why, why not? not? O'Shea did it last week. But just yeah. but just to put an explanation, exclamation point on that, I mm-hmm. believe it was the Nichols breakup. And then I think at, right after that, Casey Sales had a huge sack yeah, on Masoli. So it's... It's those timely plays by Nichols, and I think he's, some would say, maybe holding up a defensive secondary for the Bombers that are still looking to gel. You saw Rose get beat a couple more times. You saw Glass get beat a couple more with the P.I. Um, you know, you saw you saw Taylor get beat once, but, mm-hmm. but Masoli, but again, oh, yeah. Ottawa, like Masoli was throwing dimes, and you have brilliant play calling by Paul Apolis. No, he, I, I he mean, did I a, think Ottawa is going to impress people in the West. Like they and, are and I think we only, impress. sorry, Darren, but I think we'll only know that like it's me. I'm going to be fascinated to watch how Ottawa's offense does against other teams going forward. Mm-hmm. Because my guess is, is it will give us a really good sense of where this bomber defense is at. Because if Ottawa struggles against other teams, which we, I don't think you and me and most people don't think they will then it tells you who maybe that bomber defense isn't as great as we thought, but if they light it up like they have against the bombers, then it's like, okay, listen, maybe, maybe we're, uh, we're thinking the sky is falling here for, for nothing. That's fair. Um, I'm more of the opinion. Like I don't completely disagree with you at all. Like I'm on the same track as you, but I'm in a different, in a different train car. And, and Zach, maybe I'll ask you to turn your your speaker volume down a little bit because I'm hearing an echo. Oh, okay. You're, you're not your microphone, your speaker. Yeah, yeah. Like speaker. I'm hearing, yeah, like I'm hearing myself. Anyway, not 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 too oh. big of a deal. I just want to make sure it's not too distracting for uh, everybody watching live on YouTube and Facebook and and Twitter as well. If you're watching on Twitter right now, head over to YouTube.com/slash Bonfire Sports uh, or Facebook. Uh, and you can find us there, Bonfire Sports TV. Um, all those links, bonfiresports.ca. But if you're watching on Twitter, if you head over to YouTube or Facebook, you can join the live chat. And then, you know, like if you got a good beak or uh, a question or or those sorts of things, like here's an example. C. Walker, who's watching on YouTube, any estimate uh, when Brandon Alexander will be back? Probably not fair to estimate right now. I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think he's going to be back this week or next week or probably even the week after that. They're going to make sure that that he's good to go for when the games really, really matter. Malcolm Thompson's playing pretty good. You know, a couple of people in the chat, Zach, mentioning that, you know, they have a rookie uh, safety back there. I haven't seen Thompson get burned in coverage. I've seen him make some big hits. I've seen him make some nice tackles and some assisted tackles tonight. I think there was one where uh, it was it was Nick Taylor, I think, where Malcolm Thompson came and Taylor couldn't get the defender down. So instead of Thompson just coming and like plowing him over, he knew it was his teammate. He put enough into him to, to get the, the ball carrier to the ground, but without actually like crushing the ribs uh, of his teammate. Um, yep. A lot of people uh, also mentioning Zach uh, concern for the offensive line. Somebody said, um, let's see if I could find the comment here, but uh, they were saying how uh, Jamarcus Hardrick 
was spotted uh, limping after the game. And then, of course, Michael wow. Tour left in the first half, did not return. No update. N- never is there an update uh, from the Blue Bombers in the immediate uh, following a- an injury uh, in-game. Um, but Jeff Gray had a penalty in the first half, in the first quarter. I think it was maybe the yeah. second possession uh, that negated that wide open Dalton shown pass. And, and that would have set Winnipeg. I think that would have got the ball, the wheels turning a little bit quicker than it ended up yeah. being where Winnipeg's offense was really kind of puttering along similar to last week. They just couldn't get any continuity, but they took advantage of a huge mistake where the halfback and the dimeback both bit down on, on the short route and Dalton shown was free and clear. And, and, you know, even made a pretty acrobatic catch uh, to yeah. pull it in. Um, Gray got beat another time. Uh, you know, they, they showed that yeah. on the broadcast. Yeah. Um, now with Michael Couture down, Chris Kolonkowski more than capable. Like Michael Couture, excellent football player. CFL PA All-Star last year. Us dummies in the media didn't vote him an All-Star. I voted yeah. for Sean McEwen. That's just me. <laughs> Tough when you're in the league with Sean McEwen. But the Players Association and players in the league voted Michael Couture an all-star last season, which says a lot. Um, if he's down, I think Chris Kolonkowski will do a good job filling in, but um, I don't know if they, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to make a lot of changes if you have injuries. Of course, we don't know uh, how serious this one is from, uh, from Michael. Kutcher. Yeah, for sure. And and I do want to recognize Kolonkowski because the first play he went in, Darren, we were in the red zone. I believe at that point we were down nine to one, a massive, massive play in the red zone. Kolonkowski's first snap is a pass play and pass protection in the red zone. And they give Zach enough time for Ellingson to work his magic and sit down on a route where the DBs were sort of deep in the, in, in the end zone. And I think that was an absolutely massive touchdown for the bombers, even though they didn't convert that, that, uh, with with brown in the two pointer to to put to put a backup in there at center and and in that kind of situation convert i thought that was super impressive maybe i'm reading into it more than i should because maybe i'm underestimating how good kolonkowski is but i'm hearing seeing here on the chat he's very good and they're they probably shouldn't uh, miss a beat yeah no uh, agreed um like this is the thing uh old barflies was asking isn't uh, liam dobson dressed He's not. Uh, they eliminated the game day scratch for this season. So he's there. He's probably dressed, but he's not dressed. He goes as a healthy scratch on the one game injured list. Just some paperwork shuffling that the CFL did yeah. uh, and change things up a little bit this season. Uh, it always drove me nuts because a lot of teams wouldn't announce their game day scratch. And I wouldn't, you know, I'm looking at a roster and it's like, well, who's the 45th here anyway? Um, yeah, but yeah. You know, Jeff Gray, Liam Dobson, uh, if if they have to make changes, like, I, I don't even want to go down that road because we don't know. We, we don't know. know. As far as injuries are concerned. But, uh, you know, no, no doubt Jeff Gray uh, probably is going to to be uh, biting his pillow a little bit tonight uh, with regret with, with some of the plays um, that got past him today. Um, yeah, he had two holding calls there and he got beat, as you said. But then... And then I was I was watching the O line play after that. He didn't get called again. I didn't see him get beat. 
I think uh, I think Buck called a really good game to to change the pace there in the second half and to take the pressure off the O line and Zach and uh, listen. Good teams find a way to win, and you and you yep. saw that on the offensive line. They got the run game going, and I know it's like it's not a sexy stat. Each running back got about forty five yards, but when mm-hmm. you take them together and you throw in Dembski, we ran for over a hundred yards. When last week we ran for we had a what Oliveira had a one point seven average, like absolutely pathetic. One game, not, one game. And, and one game, and not on, just on Oliveira. The O line struggled struggled to open up the holes. What a dramatic difference. And and mm-hmm. that, you know, I know it wasn't a huge score. It was 19-12. But listen, to be able to to adjust that and, and bring your physicality. Because I don't know, Darren, don't you think when you're opening up holes in the run game, doesn't that speak a lot to scheme, but also physicality? Your your first your hogs up front have to be able to push the push the other guys around. And offensive linemen like to run block, at least the right. ones I've spoken with, and I've spoken with a good amount pass blocking is passive it's step back assess and then attack run blocking is i'm going i'm going right i'm going left i'm pulling whatever that they're going to they're exerting themselves or exerting authority on their opponent it's different yeah most of them like to do that um so you know establishing the run and, and establishing a level of physicality all those things are important um earl James uh, watching live on YouTube, maybe try gray at center or tackle seems a little green for guard. Um, In my experience with football, that logic is a little bit flipped. Tackle is extremely difficult to play. The best offensive linemen in the league are tackles center comes with a mental component. Um, I just don't know if, if Jeff gray is a center. I've never seen him play center. He played tackle and guard uh, in college when he went to the NFL Had a couple practice roster spots with Cleveland and, the Jets, as we know, uh, was a guard. He's in Canada right now. I'm, I'm thinking there that he's a guard. Um, mm. More of a power offensive lineman than a fleet of foot offensive lineman. Look at me being so diplomatic today. I'm getting good at it. Um, <laughs> but uh, let, let, maybe let's move on from the offensive line. Like There is a ton of, of great texts uh, and tweets that I think we we should get to. Can I ask Love you this. one though, Darren? Yeah, shoot. One that I sorry, just just one more on the offensive line that I that I wouldn't mind to hear your thoughts. Everybody I, loves I, uh, talking about the offensive line. I I think we should. These guys are the unsung hey, heroes in the game, right? That is true. That is true. Um, Walby, what you're agree. just looking you're looking for brownie points with Walby. I I know what you're doing. Well, I want to meet Walby. I feel like we're on the same uh, station together, but teammates. Uh, we're teammates. Uh, he could crush my head with one uh, with one hand. I'm just thinking about a, a few people on the chat, you know, in in reference to Kolonkowski coming in and then Gray struggling in the first half, especially. You know, people are saying, "Well, well, should Dobson be dressing?" And uh, my first, I'm not an expert on him, Darren, but my first thought is, you gotta give Gray a couple more. Even more, like give him several more starts. The improvement that that O line had, and don't forget, Ottawa gets paid too. They watch mm-hmm. the film; they're playing the same team. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Malden or Coleman or Lang or some of those guys. They picked up his tendencies, but but well, the thing it, is that it didn't cost the Bombers the game. He struggled a bit. Zach took a couple sacks. What do you think? Well, let, let's remember too, like. I know they played a lot of games without Andrew Harris last year. Like he was hurt a lot. Yeah. But when he was in 
how much did Andrew Harris and his natural ability to play physical and break tackles and make, as Troy Westwood would say, chicken salad out of chicken number two. Um, <laughs> shout out Westy, miss you, buddy. Um, you know, how much of that clouded some of the play of the offensive line or, or you know, cast a shadow over it? Um, I think that's something to at least uh, keep in mind. Uh, loved this tweet from Daniel Mitchell. He says, I was going to start a GoFundMe for Johnny Augustine in the third quarter. <laughs> Augustine did get some work and it, it did mostly come in the latter part of the game. Seven carries, 43 yards, 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, Oliveira uh, had 48 yards on 14 carries, 3.4 yards per carry. Obviously that, uh, number for Johnny Augustine boosted by that one for 24. He ripped off. I think that was yep. when the television broadcast was down. Yes, um, it was right. What happened and, there, by the way, was that the rain? I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing The The rain was coming. The wind was blowing. Like we haven't even touched on the weather. Um, you know, after the game, uh, some of the players and coaches were talking about like, you know, it's, it, it may be worse than people realize because it came and went and came and went, but there was that stretch of time where they, they started to look up, you know, the shot of the press box of, of uh, Marshall and, and suits calling the game. Right. And it looked like it was a blizzard. Like yeah. you couldn't see anything. So yeah, I'm not sure what happened with the broadcast there, but well, I'm not as diplomatic as you. And I saw some people on Twitter. Mm. I do get frustrated with TSN. They, they do miss coming back from sometimes commercial, but sometimes from the booth, they'll have something going on that they think is super interesting and they miss plays on the field. I You're talking when Sinopoli was on. Yeah. I, well, I was just going to, not only Sinopoli, but they didn't have, uh, Waiters is 27 is saying they didn't have their best night and another guy's, uh, Earl James is saying he turned off the TV. I, I just, it frustrates me like you shouldn't miss plays. Every play in the CFL is key. You shouldn't miss plays. And I, I think that they, yeah. when Suter is on, and I love I love Suter. I know he's polarizing for a lot of people, especially because he's a rider, uh, a bit of a rider homer and former rider safety. Shouldn't matter, but yeah, I know it does. It shouldn't matter. <laughs> I, I, I like the guy. I think I think he's uh, he's a good spokesperson for the CFL. I've seen him on the radio in, in Regina many times. He, he's 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 true grassroots football in Canada, but he sometimes gets carried away with the guy, the guests in the booth, like Sinopoli. And it, and it, I don't want to spend much time on this. It just frustrates me as a viewer, especially when TSN has the monopoly, Darren, and there's no other alternative. Yeah. So it's, it's just a little point, but go on, let's, let's I'll, move on. I'll quickly say this, an advantage the national football league has is that their contract is so big. They spread it out amongst a bunch of different networks and then they compete with one another and competition like in sports, it, it drives excellence. And, uh, yeah. you know, my teammates, my former teammates at TSN are, are great people and, and huge professionals. Everybody makes mistakes. Like you hear me on the radio years ago, like, Holy cow, I would, I would mess up all the time. Uh, I didn't have any real problem with the broadcast. I actually felt tonight. bad for you back in the day there. And I was like, Oh, this guy's really <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come Whatever, on. Whatever, like, man. I, you're, I you're never saw to be you that me for wearing a green shirt that matches well, what going is it, to. this little helmet was, right here. I thought that was low-hanging fruit, but since you mentioned no, it. See, I look, mean, no, no, again, no logos. No logos. This is a hand-me-down for my brother-in-law. He lives in Toronto. 
He doesn't oh, know nice. anything well, about I'm wearing a red shirt, so red blacks. I don't know. It looks kind of pink to me, but I digress. <laughs> um, so uh, David uh, texted in tonight, says what's up to uh, Bluto as well. Of course, uh, the nickname of the legendary Chris Welby. Got to say, Jeff Gray is getting killed in the trenches. I don't like it. I don't like seeing Zach eating sacks and yeah. taking a loss of yardage. That was David uh, on text. Uh, who is this? This was, um, I'd appreciate it when you text the hotline right here. 816 tips, leave your name so I can uh, give you a shout out uh, for your comments. But one texter says two points is two points. Ottawa is going to start winning and soon. So getting them this early in the schedule may have been a blessing. Yeah, maybe, you know, like playing Calgary early in the season, playing uh, Toronto early in the season. I know they didn't look very good, but um, <laughs> did you catch any yeah. of that game last night? Like you think Winnipeg has kicking problems. Oh. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, that, you know, my heart actually broke for Montreal fans there, you know, and especially because, that, I mean, Darren, I know we're, you know, we're talking about another game here, but the owners have got to shut their ugh, mouths like you. Ha you can't be spouting off in public that, you know, we're going to win this game, guaranteeing a win or, or saying there's going to be major changes made. Like, give me a break. You are not doing your team any favors and who knows this might be a butterfly effect comment here darren you know the mm -hmm. butterfly you know flaps and two continents over something catastrophic and there's an earthquake yes. but don't tell me that your players don't hear that stuff and when you're going for a walk-off field goal i know there was a few ticks left i don't know if that doesn't get in david cote's head that's a very makeable field goal the the, the hold was good the snap was good just shut your mouth. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Everybody plays a different way, you know? Uh, it, and, and the I don't the think there's any advantage that. to that. I don't, you're making it about yourself and football is the ultimate team game. I do sure. want to give one shout out. Can I, can I give you one shout out before we go on Darren to sure. our good friend, sign guy, master heckler. And now he's a master journalist. He's written a few articles now for the CFL <laughs> news hub. <laughs> <laughs> here he is again he's bringing it sign guy uh, donnie c from winkler check his stuff out on cfl news hub uh, it's different than three down it's different from 13th man it's different from cfl.ca well, and you know, like, he's like, putting out has been great yeah like he writes you know it's it's yeah. from a blue bombers fan for blue bombers fans yeah. so shout out don uh, aka sign guy master heckler as you say uh and he's the one leaving me tons of voicemails on the hotline like yeah. so many voicemails, Don, you're killing me. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, love the voicemails, love the passion. I'm still trying to find a way to like play the audio on the yeah. show. Like not like holding my phone up to the microphone or whatever. Cause uh, audio quality is important. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if we freeze, but you can still hear us talking. You can probably still uh, enjoy the show uh, here on Bonfire Sports. Thanks, everybody out there. Uh, the, the chat is lit up. We've got like viewer numbers right now, Zach, that we've really never hit uh, before in the post game. So everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, big shout out to, uh, yeah, Don and Comet, uh, Waiters27, uh, yeah. uh, Josh, Travis, like so many people that are back. Scott Roger, go rifles, rifle up, bar flies, Trevor, um, you know, uh, Jeff, uh, 
Kabila's, uh, I'm no, yeah. I absolutely butchered your name there. Jeff Kabila's is, is an all-star on the Rod Peterson show. I mean, we should be a little bit, he's always on there. He's always mentioned. So we should be uh, uh, fairly humbled that he's here as well. Andrea, is it Andrea or Andrea Kohach who's been here every, every time Booch is here? Yeah. Uh, I don't know who P- Pilipenka is, but I've never seen Pilipenka, but thank you for joining. Welcome. Welcome. Earl James. All right, yeah. CFL Central. Who's CFL well, Central? One of the uh, one of the Fritchy brothers is uh, on. Uh, uh, I, I know your family well, so uh, what's going on, Fritchy brothers? Uh, family of broadcasting legend Bo, as you know oh. from the Bo and Mandy show uh, on. Um, oh, what is it now? They keep changing it. Ninety nine nine, but great, great morning show and and uh, great guy. Um, yeah, yeah. John Elliott and and C Walker and everybody that that is Jay Ferg, Tim D. Uh, yeah. Shout out to everybody. Sandy, uh, love yep. seeing the ladies in the chat. Football's for everyone. Get go. Like if if you're in the if you're there right now and you're scared to jump into the chat, like Andre Harms just jumped in. Best bomber, bomber coverage, bar none. Love it. What's going wow. on, Andre? Uh, you know, if you're male, you're female, like get in, you know, don't be intimidated. Everybody is welcome here. Uh, but uh, thanks everybody for, uh, for joining us. Uh, famous or infamous. Yeah. A lot, a lot of things are, are famous or infamous, like the kicking here in Winnipeg. Okay. You had to and go there, buddy. You, you know, to, my right? gut was just starting to feel better, Darren. And now I just felt a little bit of a twist in there. Zach well, has only eaten one banana today. Come on. Well, just slow down the coffee intake. That's hard on, on the gut. Well, oh, that, that would be, yeah, I won't I get know. into that. It, it's what tough today. I, uh, <laughs> so Mark Leggio misses another convert tonight. Is that cause for concern? Yes. Do you make a change? I'm just asking questions. I have an opinion on this. I'm just asking questions. Okay. Well, let me jump in and then you jump in. Um, Okay. And you go ahead. I'm going to pull up Mark Leggio's numbers here, uh, as well as Richie Leone and and Lewis Ward. (laughs) Ward went four or five for 80 yards, right above our. our Say that last part again. I was laughing at a comment here about uh, uh, Jeff Cabilla says, I bet Barry Trost can get converts. <laughs> anyway, anyway, cue, cue the converts, Barry Trotz. Anyway, go ahead, Darren. Sorry. Well, I was just saying, Lewis Ward went four of five for, you know, uh, uh, 80% field goals, right? Here's Tonight? Mark Leggio. Yeah. Here's Mark Ward. I might have missed that in the, in the beginning of the game. I was putting the little boy down. Yeah, no, he missed one late, I think. I'd have to look for it, but um, Mark Leggio misses a convert, but he goes two at two. He hits from 52 and he hits from uh, 30. He did his job. He punted uh, like, like what were his punt numbers tonight? Averaging 33.6. Not good. Well, number. Now we know the wind and the rain were a factor, Yeah, but you know, 33.6 uh, punt average is not good. I liked what Janarian Grant brought. Yeah, he 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 didn't have a ton, but he he did okay. I mean, the thing is, he runs north south, and he he isn't putting the ball on the ground. And he had a, he had a, I don't know what the stats are with him. He had a couple of decent ones. Hey, Janarian. Sorry. Yes. Uh. Yeah. We got the numbers there. So he had a one kickoff return for 29 yards, one punt return. Yeah. Uh, for 10 uh, that missed field goal return. So when, when Lewis Ward did miss, he had a nice 49 yard return. And I'm not sure where that, that set that up, set, set the blue bombers up, but uh, the field position was 
critical and, and helpful for the Blue Bombers, uh, especially late in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I so so let's let's talk Legio. Let's talk special teams because I think I think the special teams was uncharacteristically poor today in the sense that there were a few penalties that you don't usually see uh, by the Bombers. I think O'Shea will be and and, and Boudreau and those guys will not be happy. And then on the other side, you get that roughing the kicker call. Which was, my wife was watching the end of the game with me. It never happens. And she was just like, stop saying wow. <laughs> I was just like, wow, wow. Like you never see a roughing the wow. kicker call. And it was a legit roughing the kicker call. But mm-hmm. getting back to Legio, I mean, here, here's what I saw. I think it is concerning that he missed another point after. I think you should, I, I think I saw in the chat here, Medlock maybe only missed one of those in his whole career here. I don't think you should miss those very often. I think you should hit them like 95%. He but he but he hit the field goals he needed to. His punts were oh they were okay, Darren. They weren't great, but there was weather. I was concerned about a couple of the kickoffs he had, to be honest with you. One rolled out of bounds. And right. I don't know if this is the new rule, Darren. But it set the Ottawa Red Blacks up on the 50-yard line right at the end of the second half. And they they almost the end stole of the, the first half, yeah. Sorry, first yeah. half, dear. Yeah. My bad. And, and they almost stole momentum back. You know, they almost got a field goal try out of that. I didn't realize you get set up on the 50-yard line. So that is a huge, huge mistake. And credit to the Ottawa returner who had the patience to let that sort of dribble out of bounds without him touching it. But I think that that was concerning to me. And the other one I want to say, and then then please jump in, is in a fourth quarter, and I don't know if it was the weather that made the ball hung up, hang up, but I thought one of his kickoffs was not only short, but it really hung up there. And the Ottawa returner had a decent uh, decent return. And that field position battle... That's massive in a close one-score game. And so Legio, he's doing all three duties. I think I'd give him another couple of games, unlike Jeff Hamilton, who probably wants his head on a spike. But I'm concerned. I'm concerned. What do you think? I'm not concerned. You're not not concerned. It's okay. How old is Mark Legio? Is he like 23, 24 years old? Like he's a young, young guy. Okay, Gregory on that. I'll, I'll look it up. You keep talking. <laughs> we'll get a whole look it up. Wikipedia in the chat. Um, <laughs> he has the talent. And Winnipeg wants him to succeed. If you want someone to succeed in a pl- position in the game of football that as I was told by my former broadcast partner, Hall of Fame kicker, Troy Westwood, it's 90% mental, 90%. Troy would know he played in big games. He made misses in big games. He also leads the Blue Bombers all time in scoring. He obviously had a lot of success and he had a lot of failure in big games. Everybody talks about those great cup games and, and you know, I, probably didn't talk about it uh, when I was on the air with Troy. Um, but, uh, you know, fans would always let me know, you know. Uh, few people understand that 
stress, that uh, pressure, um, that energy of having the game on the line, having a hundred people on your sideline, coaches, support staff, injured guys, practice roster, they're all there. They're all there. Yeah. And your job is on the line and their game is on the line and there's guys on crutches and they're limping around and they're beat up and there's, they're bloody and they're scarred and, and they're tired. And you just go out there and kick like that pressure. I can't imagine. So if the blue bombers yeah, want yeah. Mark Legno to succeed, do you start like, do, do you give him the job week one and then pull him after week two? Because he missed no. a single no, I'm, point. Twice? I think you're right. No. And I think, I mean, for a 20, they're saying he's 25 years old, second yeah. year in the league, Darren, mm-hmm. I think you'd rip his confidence out of his heart. If you did that, I think that would be foolish. I think that's like Chris Jones pulling Nick Arbuckle after, you know, a few throws, you know, uh, different coach, very, very different coach, different, very different. Glad he's not coaching our team. Good for the league though. Good for the league, polarizing figure, lots of entertainment, but I agree, Darren. I, I, it just, it, it just concerns me. I, I do, you know, honestly, I'd give him, I'd give him lots of rope because the only way that he's going to learn to be mentally resilient, if it's such a mental position cue in the uh, Chris Walby joke about kickers give him some rope give him some time mm-hmm. and that is and see what he does with it I I like this comment from Travis and I don't completely disagree but I do a little bit uh even though he agrees with me so <laughs> what's up Travis thanks for joining us again uh he can't miss at home anymore because if the problem is mental fans have and will boo him yeah. Deserved or not, it'll happen. And, and that those boos don't disappear in your mind. The reason I disagree a little bit is not what you're arguing. It's that when you miss on the road, they cheer. Yeah. How do you think that makes you feel? It's probably the same feeling as hearing the boos from, a, a, you know, a, a fraction of the crowd that are, are being very vocal and probably well lubricated at that point. Um, <laughs> but uh, I digress. I think we're going to see Mark Leggio continue to have faith instilled in him from the Blue Bombers and, and from head coach uh, Mike O'Shea. I want to pull up the penalties, Zach. Yeah, you, penalties were a about big that? story in this game. Well, I was saying, so so the both teams uh, really, really took bad penalties at bad times. I think Ottawa, I don't have the stats. You tell me, Darren. I think Ottawa... Ottawa probably had more penalty yards off the top of my head and took some worse ones. You look at that roughing the kicker, you look at that unnecessary roughness call on Bailey, although that one, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know how a DB avoids that hit on Bailey. It's, I, it, it's yeah. bang, bang. Like, I don't think. I think it's hard. I think it's hard for people to understand that that haven't played football. <sighs> like everything is happening so fast. And yes, yeah. you're responsible for your own body. I'm going to let you finish your point, but I think a lot of that is people don't understand what it's like to run around a football field, 60 plays a game. Yeah. It it was a tough call. And then Rose got a tough penalty call later, a PI late in the game where, I mean, he was, the ball was basically being thrown away and they were just hand fighting. I didn't like the call, but I did appreciate that they didn't overturn La Police's fishing call later on. But just in terms of yards, we, we, we saw some people on the chat saying Malcolm Thompson at safety is struggling. 
I can't say that I saw that, but but again, I wasn't really looking at the safety it. position. What he did have was two, I believe, no yards calls on the kick coverage team, number 36. And one was pretty egregious in the second half where he was basically a yard off the guy. And I think O'Shea was not happy. And that's 30 free yards for the Ottawa return game. And in a close mm-hmm. game, that's tough. And listen, he's he hasn't been around that long either. So, you know, he's learning. I think you have to give a guys a chance to learn. It's just uncharacteristic to see the Bombers take penalties on kick coverage or kick return. It's kind of like the bread and butter of the Bombers. They don't beat themselves. Calgary used to not beat themselves. And Calgary, in their heyday, was winning these close, ugly games too, by the way. Championship teams, especially on the road, on a back-to-back against a good coach, Darren, will find ways to win. And so I was super impressed. But... I, I thought that well, I thought, and, and with a quarterback that is clutch when you need him to be. Absolutely. He he might That's not the, have been like the, the first half was, ingredient. The yeah. first half was I, I tweeted out the time of possession was like 18 minutes to 11 minutes. Uh, Masoli had over 200 yards passing in the first half Caleros, I think had, I had it written down. It wasn't, it wasn't very, I think the bombers hadn't even generated much more than a hundred yards of offense up until mm-hmm. that last drive. But anyway, I, I'm digressing here. I thought that there was there was a few penalties. Uh, like I said, Malcolm Thompson had the two no yards calls. Then you had that that kickoff that went out of bounds, that short kickoff, the punting. It's hard to know, Darren, like you said, with the weather. But I think special teams wasn't the best today. But luckily, I do want to make one two more points. Luckily, it didn't cost them the game. And luckily, mm-hmm. Ottawa matched them punch for punch and taking bad penalties. I think that that'll really piss off Lapo, and he's got to clean that up. The other thing I want to say that I noticed was, as as I think you predicted, Joe Mancuso was the holder. Was he not on field goal? Oh, I'm losing your audio, Darren. I can't I think I was, uh, I was doing my <clears throat> oh, yeah, Dennis yeah. Bayak throat clear. Uh, <laughs> that's an inside joke, but, uh, and, and shout out Dennis Bayak. Like what a beautiful man. Congratulations on a fantastic career. Everybody's going to miss the heck out of you. And, uh, what an awesome guy. Like, you know, as, as somebody who knew him personally, man, like everybody out there, you enjoyed him broadcasting amazing person, like great guy. And, um, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah, so well said, though, because people don't know him as well as you might, and then he certainly appeared like a gentleman. Oh, absolute gentleman. Where yeah. was I? I got completely distracted by Dennis. Well, we were Bayak. talking about Mancuso was holding, and that's something right. I think you had right. predicted. You're, uh, right. You're one in like you're one injury away from your starting quarterback holding on field goals. Yeah. I think you want to make sure you have somebody in there that can do it all game. Because the snapper and the kicker, like this is a, it, it's an important thing. There could be intricacies. The Blue Bombers have a very veteran long snapper in Mike Benson. Yeah. He might snap the ball differently to Drew Brown versus Joe Mancuso versus Dakota Prukup versus Dalton Schoen, who held yeah. in practice this week as well. Um, it's good that Joe Mancuso did the job. It means he picked it up quickly. Um, but, uh, I'm thinking the short yardage game is, is the more important thing for Mancuso to do 
course, holding is important, but um, I, I yeah. think that's where we're going to see Joe Mancuso actually make an impact. He's a big boy, like real big. I think he's like 200, 230 pounds, six, yeah. four. He's a, Do yeah, you not so. see him getting in on short yardage? Like, I think he's a bigger body than, than Drew Brown. You saw it. Now it's one game, Darren. Uh, Drew mm-hmm. Brown probably has all a practice in the wedge package, but even on that sec, uh, that um, two point conversion where they where they got the penalty and had what they were a yard and a half off off the goal line there, he didn't really get very far. I think if uh, I think if you've got a a big dude like Joe Mancuso, th- there's a there's a little bit of grace there. Even if he doesn't have the experience, he's so big that he could get you those few extra inches. So I don't know. Do you see him maybe getting into that wedge package? Plus, with Zach Claris's injury history, I don't want to see drew brown get injured on a short yardage play you get into that scrum in there where where well, lots was. of nasty things happen i would like yeah. to see mancuso in there uh, but i don't know what do you think it should be mancuso's job like eventually i hope i'm sure they're hoping it's it's sooner rather than later i just don't think drew brown is the right physical makeup no. for that job some people like to think oh you're small like a small running back and you can squeeze between holes I think it's very important to have power and size. Um, and if you're 5'10 versus 6'4 yep. and 50 pounds difference nearly, I think I would take that 50 pounds in a short yardage yeah, play. I think, uh, that's, I think just that's me. Well um, some people uh, want to talk about Winston Rose. Um, no question, Paul Apolice targeted him uh, again. And hey, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm talking from sure. an Ottawa perspective, of course. Yeah. But um, as far as, as Winston Rose is concerned, is he still hurt? Well, yeah. okay, look, like there's hurt and there's injured, okay? 75% of the team is hurt every week. Right. Maybe more, but are they injured? Now, when Winston Rose is wearing a walking boot, it raises attention, right? And I needed to report that. Because it raises attention and it's newsworthy. So I reported it. But I was also told that it was maybe much ado about nothing. Often, sometimes, and I have no inside information on this, but sometimes walking boots are used as a preventative measure. It's don't potentially do anything that could, if it is hurt, if it is damaged, like bone or, or tissue or whatever, if it's hurt, don't make it worse. And they want to see how, like, how is the swelling after a day, after two days, uh, you get an x-ray, it's negative. Well, that doesn't mean everything is ruled out. X-rays are, you know, miss things sometimes. So you wear a boot, it's preventative. He was back at practice like the next day. And then two days later, he was like making hard cuts and working with the first team and, and all was, was fine. Rose is still on the injury report, but he's played mm. in every game and I haven't seen any physical issue with him. So is he still right. hurt? I don't think so. I don't think that's the problem he had in week one. I don't think it's the, you know, why they went after him in week two. You know why they went after him in week two? I'll show you why. This is why. Jalen Acklin is a stud. Seven of eight, 77 yards. Picks up first downs when he needs to. Yep. is sure-handed. Yes, he, I know he had the drop. Look, it's week one. He had the drop on the deep ball in Winnipeg last Friday. Fine. Jalen Acklin 
is an excellent, excellent receiver. Top 10 in the league. There's a lot of good receivers in this league. He's for sure top 10. Many would put him in top five. I I maybe he's right there. Maybe six, maybe seven. I don't know. But yeah, there's a reason like the other team gets paid too. the other team is trying to win. Mazzoli and Acklin have a history. They were both Hamilton Tiger Cats last year and the year before. Acklin's in his fourth season. Like Matt Dunnigan mentioned on TSN, Zach, it's time to break out. You've been in the league for four years and looks like uh, Jalen Acklin putting on number 23 at wide receiver. Don't get me started. uh, (laughs) It is working for him. It's working for him. I want you to get started on numbers. I think that would be funny as hell. Oh, man. I think Acklin. Maybe on midweek. Maybe we'll do that on midweek. midweek. Tuesday night, 7.30 live every Tuesday. Me and this guy. Whoop. This. There we go. There you go. To your Wait. something. Uh, I, Zach. <laughs> I think Rose, yeah. I mean, uh, on the eye test, he got beaten. I think I had him down as being beaten uh, three times uh, mm-hmm. today. But if you look at Jalen, he's playing the best receiver on Ottawa. He's playing a quarterback who has a great, great OC in Paul Lapolis. And and Masoli, the last two games, has been accurate as heck. Like he hasn't, every time he has time, my thinking is he's going to complete a pass and he almost does every time. But I'll, I'll give you this stat. Jalen Acklin's average was 11 yards, a large mm-hmm. of 15. So I think that that is fairly impressive. And I think that speaks to Rose not getting beat, burned as badly. You know, maybe his, you're giving him the shorter stuff. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Well, his average last game, I was just going to jump in and say, was 23.8. Yeah. You exactly. know, because he had exactly. he had 50 he had 50 yak yards in that game, and, and obviously the long of 51, uh, 143 yards. Like, like I said, Acklin is very very good. Uh, Ottawa's good. offense is very very good. Like, look how they were able to work things in the past game with their number one tailback out in William Powell, Brendan Galanders. And RJ Harris is, out. Or and, not RJ Harris, Ryan Davis was out again. Right. right? Uh, William Wasn't Powell, Ryan Brendan Davis? Galanders, Jackson Bennett are all running backs. RJ Harris is a receiver. He, he was Harris. out again this week. Randy Richards on the offensive line, uh, former Blue Bomber um, uh, practice roster guy, backup. Uh, anyway, was I digress. Right? So here's the thing. Jeremiah Mazzoli, Goes 71% for 380 yards last week. Yeah. Faces the same team, the best defense in the league last season. Tonight, he goes 71% again for 331 (laughs) yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, So a clean game, quarterback efficiency of 97.6. Kolaris was 68%. So a pass or two less accurate than... Uh, then Jeremiah Mazzoli, but because he threw two touchdowns and an interception, uh, quarterback rating of 113.4. So, well, and and did you see Rose get beaten on the, any double moves tonight, which is which was the bane of his existence in game one? I can't think of one, it may have been one. I don't know if he got beaten more than once. Yeah, like, um, I, I don't think so. I, I Maybe it was Nick Taylor or Taekwon. I think Taekwon Glass got beat on one. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, yeah. Taekwon I mean, 
<laughs> you play the same team two weeks in a row, some weird things are going to happen. If there's still issues next week with the Hamilton yeah. Tiger Cats in Winnipeg and Dane Evans at quarterback, uh, I think, how funny is that? The Bombers play Mazzoli and Evans three straight weeks to start the season uh, after facing both of them in the Grey Cup uh, last <laughs> right. year. And then in the Grey Cup, uh, the you know season before that, two years earlier. So um, all, all funny, strange things. I'm just happy we, we got a full season uh, you know, in 21 weeks to look at in the regular season here, Zach. Better, I do want to give a shout out. Sorry, Darren. I want to give a shout oh. out to my massage therapist who just texted me and she's listening, Kelsey. And if you're What's watching, up, I am rubbing. I'm rubbing my neck. I, I I'm seeing you on Wednesday, but uh, that little tank of mine is heavy. He he, and he loves to be carried around. So thank goodness for Kelsey at Massage Athletica. Thank you, Kelsey. Um, yeah, I uh, again you got you got to see a larger sample size. It's against one team. Rose played mm-hmm. better this week. He played better this week than last week. I mean, what else do we want? You're playing against other guys that get paid too and who are playing well. So uh, I mean, do we want to do we want to get in a little bit to defense, Darren? Sure. Or do you want to jump in with something else? No, I like it. Let's go to defense. I'll pull up some numbers. Yeah, pull up some numbers. I mean, Chris Walby was saying Chris Walby was saying on game day Winnipeg today he's a big stats guy. It's like I said, I'm a big stats guy, and I'm like Chris, you're, we're talking about the depth chart. That's not those aren't stats. <laughs> he he's uh, yeah he's 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 threatened by you, Darren, by your sparkling intelligence and your new fresh haircut. <laughs> right. He gave me two points. He said, "Okay, there's a point point for you." Gave me another one. I don't. I can't remember the last time I got two points from Chris Walby uh, on wow. a pregame show, but uh, no, he knows he's probably probably my favorite person in the entire world. Yeah, he's uh, and everybody out there too. I'm sure are, are big fans of him. Um, defensively, who stood out? Casey Sales looks like yeah. he is a player. That is a nice piece to complement yeah. the Jeffs, Jackson Jeffcoat, yeah. and, and and Willie Jefferson. Um, Donald Rutledge got to the quarterback. Uh, yeah again this week did it last week too uh, but he did it again he doesn't get the sack he essentially spun Masoli around and uh Kyrie yeah. Wilson uh, picked up the garbage there for, for his for first it, sack of the sure. season um yeah. you know uh but Adam Big Hill five tackles uh Winston Rose had six when your DB leads the team in tackles not a good thing it's no. not a good thing you don't nope. want your DBs to have lots of tackles. Uh, Dietrich Nichols also had six tackles tonight. Uh, probably targeted less, but we got to remember he's next to Winston Rose. So th- they were kind of going at Rose yeah. again uh, in this game. Um, but I don't know. Like I thought Jackson Jeffcoat was maybe more dangerous than Willie Jefferson. And is that because the Ottawa Red Blacks planned? For Willie Jefferson, because they're like, okay, well, Jeff Coat wasn't healthy enough to go last week, but he is this week. So maybe he's not 100%. Maybe he's, yeah. you know, going to be a little rusty or, or what have you. Uh, I don't think he played in a preseason game. So Jeff Coat makes his season debut. You focus on Willie Jefferson, the guy who's got a little, you know, go behind Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Well, what happens? Je- then Jeff Coat eats, you know, and, and the buffet was open. He did a great job. And I, and I thought just to speak, I, I think we need to focus on Jeff Coat because I, I'm seeing he's the player of the game for a lot of people. I I can't necessarily argue with that the impact he had, Darren. But um, you know that we did see Willie Jefferson again take a take an offside penalty. I think they were trying the hard count on him, and I get it because he's so quick off the ball. 
but he he was in the third quarter. He he caused that two and out the Ottawa's first possession in the third quarter, which I think is a momentum swinger. <laughs> swinger um <laughs> momentum <laughs> swinger <laughs> yeah yeah moment, and, and he got his hands up he caused the pressure on on Masoli um but Jeffcoat was Jeffcoat was absolutely phenomenal today he he had that uh he had that stuff on the on the third down gamble he had another mm-hmm. he had another forced fumble right he had two uh they changed that forced fumble it, it was it was Jeffcoat he had Jeff the one. Coat, yeah. Oh, right. The uh so he he effectively strip sacked Jeremiah Mazzoli yeah. tonight, right? Yeah. But there was uh Devontae Williams. Am I getting that name right? I hate I getting names Devontae wrong because Dev, we, these Devin. guys are these guys are the pros, right? So yeah, oh don't, don't Devonte, you got it. Devontae Williams, you got okay. it. Well, I sh- <laughs> he was on the bombers practice roster last year. Uh, <laughs> wow, I'm impressed with your memory, man. I'm giving you a well, third point. Can I assign points too? You you get a or quarter wall. Point. Only if, Hall of if, Famers with three way three rings. A, right. He gets okay, so you get a you get well, no, you get a quarter point. He's got three rings, so that's his three <laughs> more points than, than you per point. That makes sense. Um sure. Devontae Williams was right there. So when Jeff Coat strip sacked right. Masoli. The ball went right into Devontae Williams' hands and he ran for a couple yards. That's not credited a strip sack because it's neither a strip nor a sack. Like the strip, it's funny, like forced fumbles count, but fumble recoveries like affect it in the case of of, of Willie Jefferson strip sacking, right? If if they knock the ball out, I believe it's recorded as a sack. Hmm. I gotta check on that i'm gonna check, check on that, that but but he should have been credited with a strip sack it will never be because it's you know it's effectively like a shovel pass um right you know in in this particular case but jeff coat forced two fumbles from the quarterback tonight he was yeah. excellent and again you know this may be the like look willie's my guy I don't know if there's a more impressive. Where are you going, physical, buddy? Where are you? Are you following presence. this rabbit hole of a chat here? No, I'm. I'm not. I'll have to. I'll have to catch up. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I. I see a couple like saying, you know, Willie needs to get going. Willie Jefferson is my guy. Like I'm very. Yeah. He's my top three player in the league type guy. Uh, when I say he's my guy, like that's how much respect yeah. I have for his ability on the field. Yeah. But we may be seeing the passing of the torch from Willie Jefferson to Jackson Jeffcoat. I know they're close in age and the rest, but Jeffcoat may be getting uh, the respect and the attention that Willie Jefferson has been getting. He may be getting it first now is what I'm saying, because you can't not account for him. Look tonight, like guy hasn't played yet this year and he's at the quarterback twice. And he, uh, yeah, and that sack uh, near the end of the second quarter, Darren, uh, a couple of people on the chat mentioning it, the motor he had on that. Like mm-hmm. he gets blocked up and then he takes it outside and he just keeps churning those legs. He's got those long arms. Like the, how this guy, how both of them are in the NFL astonishes me. Uh, I know there's lots of factors that go into that, but you saw tonight that that Ottawa could not get in the end zone. And that's big. That this was an absolute masterclass, especially in the first half. 
on bend but don't break Richie Hall defenses. And I credit Jackson Jeffcoat for for putting putting a seal in the hole in the boat. And I think he was absolutely phenomenal tonight. It is an absolute pleasure to watch Jackson Jeffcoat play. I, I love this. This is a two comments from uh, a viewer on YouTube. Stamkos better than McDavid says Jefferson's still more dominant than Jeffcoat. Sorry. Well, he also, you know, he or she also feels Stamkos is better than Connor McDavid. So uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, but love the chat. Love everybody joining us on uh, YouTube and Facebook and, and Twitter. If you're on Twitter, head over to YouTube dot com slash bonfire sports or facebook.com slash bonfire sports tv and then you can join the live chat and we can pull your uh your comments up um like this one which i think is very on the nose waiters uh mentioning mm. ottawa's not one touchdown in eight quarters against the blue bombers uh bend but don't break what's your take on the bend but don't break zach well, I think we saw it early on in Richie Hall's tenure with the Bombers, and and he got slammed for it. But to be fair, uh, to be fair, and how's my noise, by the way? Is it better now, Darren? Oh, you sound fantastic. Oh, you look even better. I well, I, yeah, I look tired. But nobody's made a comment about my fatigue or whitewashed face, so I appreciate that chat, friends. Maybe well, you've Zach, you, you, how... you've been battling the flu. I have Maybe the chat people have noticed how sensitive I am and that I can't take that stuff. Anyway, Darren, I, <laughs> I, I think I don't even know what I was talking about. What was I talking about? Oh, my God. This is bad. This is okay. bad. We were talking about Jeff Coat. I got distracted by the, uh, by the live chat, too. We, uh, we, we, we were talking about Jeff Coat and how good he played, and it's an absolute pleasure. But I, I do think... I do. Uh, first of all, I like that challenge by O'Shea because I didn't initially see that ball come out of. I think it was Hardy's hands. Was yes. it Hardy? O'Shea was right there. He saw it. He was right there. I love that because yeah. you have to see a different, a, a, a couple different uh, views of that one. So, uh, but with defense, I think Kyrie Wilson again. This guy might take the happy honker every week, Darren. Because he he doesn't necessarily jump out. He makes you know he made a he made a big play today. I think in the fourth in the fourth quarter, uh, have him down. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a sack or or what, but he's just he just always is so sound. Like you never see Kyrie Wilson out of position or or, or being beat. Right. Well, I don't even know where to go with that. Well, oh, you're asking about Ben that don't break. Okay, let me yes. let me jump in on that. Okay. Well, I have like, been, but I have not. Kyrie Wilson okay. deserves more respect. I'm glad you mentioned him. But yeah, what, what's your take on the open. bend but don't break? And while so, you're telling us, don't look at the live chat because it's distracting you. It's distracting me. Stop it. But awesome. but don't stop I it. Love it. But don't stop it. Um, nope. <laughs> ben but don't break. You guys were on. Thanks, Travis. Travis is just throwing darts. Um, I think early on in, in Richie Hall's tenure, he, he was bend but don't break, but he often broke. They in 2016 they had I think the most the most turnovers in the league by a long shot. But then you saw in that Western semifinal how Jonathan Jennings, you know that that defense really fell apart. They had a hard time mm -hmm. stopping the run. And 2017 we all remember that that first home playoff game at IG Field 
the Bombers secondary got absolutely torched by Mike O'Reilly and that and uh, Darius Bowman and and those guys, and it was embarrassing. But when Adam yeah. Big Hill, yeah, twenty seventeen, yeah, right, right, yes, but yes. twenty eighteen, I saw a huge shift in the Bomber defense with Adam Big Hill coming over, and. <laughs> I, I think I think and then you saw it in 2019 where he had Jefferson and Jeffcoat and Adam Big Hill. And then he had at the at the end of the season, you had Alexander and Mastin and Taylor come over and something happened there. They gelled. And even Mike Jones, who kind of lost his job last year, now with Montreal. So I I don't love a Ben, but don't break break defense. But we've seen it here and there with the Bombers. We saw it against Edmonton a couple times two year, in 2019 where they could only kick field goals. Sean White probably, you know, busted his toe kicking field goals. But if it, the Bombers always say, if we're getting two and outs, ones or threes, then that's what we want. Right. And that's what they did tonight. So the time of possession was wildly slanted in the first first half. But then in the second half, the time of possession really clawed back the Bombers' way, and mm-hmm. and the defense gave them a couple two notes, and they gave them a couple turnovers. So, listen, you may not love how it looks. It may it may give you a stomach bug like me. It may curdle your stomach if you're watching a bend but don't break. But man, like it worked. It worked tonight, and it worked last week. Well, it, it's been working for for a long time for this Blue Bombers defense. Uh, the Tons of great stuff in the chat that I, I want to get to, but Jeff has, or sorry, Brett has been waiting so patiently. He asked like 45 minutes, maybe even an hour ago to, uh, you know, for us to talk about the Dakota Prukup injury. We don't know what it is. And uh, they also, uh, Brett wanted to know the the details of the six game injured list. So when a player is placed on the six game injured list, and they end up spending the entirety of that time on the six game, their salary doesn't count against the cap during that, that six weeks or longer right. potentially. Right. Um, you can be put on the six game injured list twice. And then after 12 weeks or that stretch of 12 weeks, uh, things change as far as salary cap relief and that sort of thing. Um, and then you can spend four weeks on the six game and come off early. You right. cannot practice until four weeks at the earliest. Like if you're on the six game, your salary doesn't count and you can't practice. Like you don't get both. You don't get the salary cap relief. And yeah, the guy's still practicing with the team and you're just kind of waiting for him. Like Chris Jones would, you know, those types of coaches, not calling out Chris Jones specifically, but uh, many coaches would probably take advantage of that. So when Dakota Prukop's case, He's not on the daily or weekly injury report on the league website because he's on the six game. They do not have to be listed on there. So until Dakota Prukop comes back and is able to practice in presumably a month, maybe longer, we don't know, then we may get a designation of it's a foot, it's a hamstring, it's a groin, it's a rib, it's a wrist, whatever. Um, He's at practice. You know, he's alive, but that's all we know. So yeah. uh, 
the loss of him, I feel, is significant. And I understand a lot of fans don't want to talk. Well, he's the short yardage quarterback. He's not even the true backup. Like, it's Drew Brown. He's going to come in the game when, when Kolaris can't go. True. How many times did we see the short yardage package tonight? How many yep. times did Ottawa and Winnipeg combined need a first down on second and yep. short or second and, yep. and one or third and one? The Ottawa Red Blacks turned the ball over twice on downs tonight. Yep. The wedge package, the short yardage, and the goal line package, jumbo, whatever you want to call it, bring in your tight end, bring in your extra lineman, bring in a D lineman, bring in Jake Thomas to play tight end. Whatever you're doing, the guy with the ball has to move. Yep. And that is a very, very important group. Um, so losing Dakota Prukup, in my opinion, is a big, big hit for the Blue Bombers, let alone the threat he brings to the field. Like you can have two quarterbacks. We've talked totally. about this, right? You yep. can have two quarterbacks on the field. Like I could go on and on about this. No, it's important though. These are small things that that people often overlook, and I think it's important. Absolutely. Um, the and two you, quarterback thing is is crazy. Yeah. Like, think about it. You got a, a guy playing wide receiver that can throw the ball like a throw darts. Yeah. Like a quarterback can, like a Dakota Pru Cup can. Whew. I well, can't wait for we, that first play I to know, happen. Because we haven't seen it yet this year from anybody. But as you said, maybe those things open up by Labor Day. But I will say, I mean, it's I'm speculating. But if Pru Cup was in today, by the way, there was a, uh, another third and short that – Brown, I thought, actually didn't get it. He actually did get it, maybe on a second effort, but he almost didn't get that, which would have been a huge turnover. That 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 you know, they might not have won the game had had, had he not made that. But Prukop, I think, makes that two point conversion on the one and a half yard line. I think Prukop, with his size and yeah. skill, and then you're looking at a twenty one twelve game, which is massively different. It's just, I, I think that it's often overlooked, but it's a massive part. And you talk about Hamilton turning the ball over on on, on third and short, right? There's a massive Jeff, Jefferson thing. I don't even like to compare the guys. Well, <laughs> Chris Roby should be our short yardage QB. He could pick it up. He'd be like the fridge, right? Him and I have talked about that before. Um, yeah, yeah. So some people asking about the, the two-point conversion call. Yeah, I don't get the confusion with that. I think that's a no-brainer at that point. Yeah, it's a two-point ball game. So yeah. you kick, okay, I know there's still a half to play or whatever, but Mike O'Shea is always looking at that score margin, always. The only thing more important than that score margin in Mike O'Shea's mind is field position. That's all coaches think about. They don't think about this. They let their coordinators handle special teams, offense, defense. The coaches are watching the clock. The coaches are watching the discipline. The coaches are walking, watching the energy on the field or the sideline or in the huddle or whatever. Uh, and they're, they're watching the things nobody else is paying attention to. Mike O'Shea, you know, he, he, like many good coaches, is paying attention to those things that are forever important. And if it's a two-point ball game and there's still a half to play, What's the difference between a two-point ball game and a one-point ball game? Like, nobody's going to march the field and then, like, kick a rouge. Yes, it happens, but it's not going to be the difference. Uh, nobody's going to do it to make the difference in the game. It happens, and it can be the difference in the game, but nobody's going to, you know, get to the 12-yard the line, and then, like, you're going to kick a field goal. 
And if you miss the field goal, you get a point. So what's the difference between two points and one point? Nothing. Yeah. Essentially nothing. So you go for two because you're about 50%. The league, you know, league-wide, the number is about 50%. So why wouldn't you? Well, and that's what and the stats I, people say, that you should always go right. for two. I disagree right. because I think I think we would agree, Darren. It's it's um, It depends on the down and distance, the time of the game, whatever, right? Uh, but, I mean, not down and distance because they're always going from, what, the five-yard five line on, on two points? Right. So... Your quarterback needs to pay attention to time down and distance. That's I, that's why I Zach Glorus dove head first last week because he right. paid attention to the distance. He knew he needed it for a first down. I, I think I think I think we used to never see the two pointer from the Bombers because they knew Medlock would hit it. They knew he would hit that one pointer, and they just didn't even bother. I think you Mike O'Shea is evolving. Because we've asked him about it. Like, I've been in every Mike O'Shea press conference for however many years. I've been at all of them. Tuesday afternoon, Saturday night, whatever it is. I've been in them. Um, He's never spoken to why he didn't go for two before. Hmm. Why did he go for two today? Well, like, erase all of the analytics and, and, you know, the numbers people that say this and that. Erase all of that, Zach. Okay. A coach in 1985 would have went for two in that situation. Like we saw Mm -hmm. today, that wasn't Mm -hmm. a progressive move. That was a no, like I tweeted it as a no brainer. That is a traditional tried and true mentality that if it's a two point game and you're looking at the end of of a quarter, you're going into the half. I want a tie game. I don't care if it's one or two points. I want a tie game or two points difference the the only thing i can think of darren is is does it burn some of your momentum if you miss the two-point convert which has less of a chance of succeeding than the one-point convert you, you and, got the and, only t- you, you got the only touchdown in the game it was the I only agree. touchdown in the game at that point wasn't it it was well, it, it was, was winnipeg's first touchdown maybe i'm wrong it was winnipeg's they got two but yeah i that was my only point was you know you claw your way back into this game and you and you miss the two is it a little bit of a momentum swing? But it, it I was the know. only touchdown of the game. I uh, so, yeah. Well, no, the like, shown touchdown, the shown touchdown in the second half, but the only touchdown of the half at that point. At that point. At that point, I I don't think it burned momentum. I think the Bombers made enough of a statement on that play. I think if you're down by two, you go for two. I mean, so, I think I don't know. I don't see I'll, a reason. To- I'll spin through Winnipeg's offensive possessions in the first half. Okay. Two and out, two and out. Uh, then the possession where Schoen was missed deep because of the Jeff Gray holding penalty. So that was seven plays and then a punt single. So they got a point at the beginning of the second quarter, but two and out, two and out, punt single. Then uh, interception by Monshadrick Hunter, Money Hunter. Yeah. Uh, then the next possession. It was three plays and a punt. And then they go seven plays, 70 yards, like Ellingson for 11. Oliveira runs for uh, two carries for a first down. And then Greg Ellingson pulls in the 13-yard touchdown. Right. Uh, that was a, a nice drive. Yep. You missed the two-point convert? You, what, what momentum are you really losing? You've got the only touchdown in the game, and 
it's nine seven. I will say though, what I'm seeing in the chat, which is an interesting point, is they don't like the play call of Drew Brown sneaking it. Which I, I, I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, it's hindsight, it didn't work, but I think it was Drew a contingency a, plan this week, right? Yeah. It, it with him having a smaller body, I mean, do you maybe maybe throw the ball? Do you do you hand it off? I, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting, I think it's a fair point. I just don't think you want Drew Brown running around for his life in the backfield. I think that's yeah. important. Like if, yeah, if I'm, enough. if I'm the OC going into this game, if I'm Buck Pierce and I'm like, okay, Drew, you're going to handle short yardage. You got it. You got, you know what you need to do. Okay, good. Yeah. Keep it in the middle. Don't run what off you, tackle. For sure. I don't, I don't want him to get absolutely crushed no we're in big if it's trouble your third stringer if it's dakota prukop you know prukop is fleet like he can run drew brown can run he's just a different style yeah. runner like confidence comes in size right what did you see in that in that interception from Kalaris to money hunter because i missed oh. it actually i didn't see it i i had to run out and do something I think it was the first play uh, on that first, like Winnipeg's possession that began in the second quarter. Um, yeah, I'm trying to re I'm trying to remember it now. Maybe someone in the live chat can can chime in. I and and uh, I never I never caught it. Um, people are saying Money Hunter's kind of like a, a bit of a unsavory character. I I don't know enough about him, but he, I know he was with Edmonton before. He was. Uh, Walby he's likes him, but he won't really call him money, right? Walby will only uh, call him Munchadrick. Is that right? He just doesn't like the nickname. Yeah. Um, but, well, I think it's Tory Hunter's nephew or something, isn't it? Oh, is that right? Yeah. If anybody should be named money, it's Tory. Like that or contract Medlock. he got with that contract he got with the twins and then like just kind of disappeared as far as performance on the field. <laughs> money. Uh, so yeah. yes, uh, appreciate uh, Brett in the live chat. He tried to yeah. squeeze it into Wolitarski. Um, Zach Kolaris is not Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols would never throw that ball. <laughs> Matt Nichols would also never stretch the field. He would never have a safety worried about getting beat. He would never be that big. Do you know why Nick Zach Kolaris or sorry, why Matt Nichols never threw for 300, 350, Every once in a while, you know why that never happened? Because he wouldn't have a 55 yard completion every week. It's not, it wasn't in his game plan. No. Paul Apolise, look what he does with, with Jeremiah Masoli. Yeah. Look what he did with Zach Kolaris in 2019. Yeah. He, didn't, he couldn't do any of that with, with Matt Nichols. Matt Nichols was, was a game manager. He got the he job the done, game manager. but he wasn't and, scaring anybody with, with his, his passing prowess. So Zach Kolaris, he's he's going to throw balls like that. I'm not. Are you concerned about Zach Kolaris? I'm asking you in the live chat. You not. too, Zach. Are you concerned Zach Kolaris isn't playing well enough? No, I'm not. I would take Zach Kolaris in an average game over Matt Nichols uh, every day of the week and every day next week. And and it's not to knock Matt Nichols. He just he he Zach, Matt Nichols was not a gunslinger the way Zach is. He didn't he didn't. When he would complete a deep ball, from what I heard and from the eye test, it was because it was a Paul Lapley special scripted play that scripted that that guy would be wide open. Right. It wasn't 
Zach Kolaris, who <laughs> has the guts mm. right after a turnover deep in his own end, and you've seen it time and time again with Kolaris, that he'll just throw a ball in there to a tight window, 30, 40 yards. He, I think we're incredibly lucky to have him. His numbers might not have jumped out the page. I do think, like I said, he missed Dembski in the end zone. But listen, quarterbacks miss throws. I I, I love his mojo. I, I love his gumption. I love that he's a gunslinger. He's going to maybe give you, I think he gave you a few balls last week where a couple could have been picked off, Darren. But mm-hmm. every every quarterback does that. I I would not consider taking any other quarterback in this league other than Zach Kolaris. He's, he's just, I like what Scott's getting at. Like he's just fine. Mm-hmm. He's good. Keep him healthy. He shouldn't keep running a, <laughs> a, a scramble drill and, 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 you know, sliding head first. But uh, I think we're very lucky and I look forward to rewatching that game and seeing the Kolaris magic. Speaking of game, Gamer Gaming 69, uh, Zach is better than Nichols. I I agree. Zach Schnitzer, you are better than Dietrich Nichols. (laughs) Uh, I am a bit of a tarp, I guess, eh? You you are. You're of of a kind. You are a tarp, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think what Josh, Josh, shout out to Josh Wolf here. Uh, Zach is elite. Nichols wasn't elite, but he was a good guy. And and I think we can't we can't forget that he helped turn this franchise around in 2016. He brought stability to a quarterback stable that had Drew Willie, who was basically broken at that point. Well, but that that's what made, in my opinion, that's what made Matt Nichols so valuable to the Blue Bombers. Drew Willie, you can call him broken, you can call him whatever. I I have an opinion on it that I'll I'll maybe save for another time. Oh, I want to hear it. You can't tease well, that. People got to tune in Tuesday night at 7.30 for Bonfire Midweek. Yeah, marking that down. I'm holding you to it, buddy. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll collect my thoughts. But the reason Matt Nichols was so valuable to the Blue Bombers, and maybe part of what my thoughts on Drew Willie are will come out in this. Um, Matt Nichols brought confidence and fire to the huddle and to the locker room and to the quarterback room. Okay. He brought that different type of leadership, that different fire. He had something that rallied the players around him. I think Um, that's well said. You know, there was, he's what the Blue Bombers needed. And no, he wasn't blowing the top off defenses. No, he he wasn't throwing for 350 or or making four touchdowns. And he protected the ball. Yeah. He gave it to Andrew Harris like that one season more than any player has has had touches in receiving and rushing in one year, the thousand thousand year, right? Uh he broke a record with like 103, I think it was 103 receptions most by a running back in in CFL history. Um yep. Beat the Craig Nich- and, record, right? Something like yeah. that. And then what Matt Nichols did in the huddle yeah. And what Matt Nichols did in the meeting room, in the locker room, and just like inside that building, inside the organization, is, is something I don't think a lot of fans realize. He was more than just an arm and a signal caller. Like he brought something that was very, very valuable. And that was all part of the O'Shea mantra and the culture change and the 
I don't know that, that X factor, that intangible, you want to call it FIFO. You want to call it that. Yep. Maybe, you know, it, it was all part of that. Um, Matt Nichols had that and, and they needed it really, really badly. Um, I think that's well said, Darren. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey's in the show. Josh Wolf, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but you're bringing it today, buddy. He's well, also Kel- bringing Kel- up a lot of bad memories for us with, with, uh, with Brian Brom oh. and Max Hall and Justin Goltz. And don't forget about Jason Boltus. How about uh, this hot take from Brett? Joey ooh. Elliott, greater than Zach Kolaris. Ouch. Whew. Okay, Man. I am marking. I am marking. Yeah, that, <laughs> I am marking down. I want to hear your thoughts and what, but we'll leave, we'll leave that for Tuesday, okay? I'm sure. holding you to that, though. I mean, on I'll fire give you, midweek. I'll give you two. I'll give you a half point on this, that one. This is, this is not true. <laughs> okay. I don't have any dirt on Drew Willie. I like I remember talking to Drew uh when I think it was like right when things were kind of wrapping up in that season and we knew we wouldn't be back. And you know, I I I said to him, like it was just me and him in the elevator, leaving leaving the building. And I said to him, like, you're a pro, man. You know, like they went through some really, really hard times, and he had to be the voice outside of Mike O'Shea. Um, he had to be the guy to take the heat when the offense wasn't producing, when that offensive line was, was kind of rough shot. Um, he had that nasty injury that it was a spiral flat fracture of his, of his leg bone. And then yeah. like a, like a, I don't know, he had like three or four breaks in his oh, leg yeah. Yeah. and then that tendon Hamilton. damage and the yeah. rest. Um, yeah. he was a, he was a tough football player. He got I, battered yeah. around really hard in Winnipeg. People should uh, keep that in mind. He put everything on the line. I, I complimented him on that. He was always a pro and yep. he played hard. Uh, fans sh- should remember that. Um, and, you know, maybe maybe don't look at the just the results of the Willie Peg era and think think about what he did. Like, you know, how he laid it all out there for for this city for this, this market. You, you think one more thing on, on, on Drew Willie, but we'll hit it up again on Tuesday. You can't give it all away. If he gets better protection in, in 2014 and we have a bit of a, we don't have that etch a sketch defense, which couldn't stop the run. I, I, I just seem to remember Drew Willie. If he had time, he was tremendously accurate, especially on the deep ball. I, I always thought he threw a nice ball, uh, but I don't know. Well, maybe we can just, I'll, I'll get it out here. Okay. Or we can, you know, no, let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save save it it for, uh, for bonfire midweek. And, uh, if you're out there watching Tuesdays, 7 30 PM, this guy, I still got to get that down to my right. I don't have it. It's the opposite or something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you're not mirrored this time. You and I were mirrored last show. Whoopsie. Uh, A sharp eyed, uh, uh, viewer, uh, sent me a text message on the, whoop. Bonfire hotline. There you go. Tips. Um, but uh, love everybody in the live chat. Uh, everybody's having a, a ton of fun tonight. And why not? The Bombers are 2-0. and uh, They scraped together uh, another win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'm really looking forward to Friday, man. Here's the schedule. Oh, yeah. You can check that out Lovely. in the news section of bonfiresports.ca. Chris Walby likes to say this is my whiteout. That's actually like part of it. It's not real whiteout. But hey, but you, have you marked the scores in there? I haven't. Darren. I got it in my computer. I got it in my notes in my computer, right? But yeah, no, I will. I will. I'll do that. I promise. Here, here. Look, look what I got. This is 
the 11 and 3 2021 season. Uh-huh. Okay, so there, that that's how I write it all in. But you see, this is I used to do it kind of like, you know, you know, Commodore 64 word processor with a dot matrix printer. I stepped it up this year and spent way too much time on on this baby, but put this on your fridge, write the scores down and then you can kind of see, "Oh yeah, remember the last time they played they played Saskatchewan like four times this year." That's what that, it'll remind you what happened in that game, just like that. And then you'll be able to uh, have a little bit more, a little more uh, juice in your water cooler conversations with your friends. I, I, I appreciate that. I like juice in a water cooler. Uh, Oh, Steve Smith is asking about Winston. We already hit Winston. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta listen to uh, the podcast, which Darren gets out really quickly. I'm I'm looking. At, I know we probably got to wrap it up soon, Darren. But you can watch it on YouTube too on after fire. this. Like yes. as soon as we're done, it'll you you can watch from the beginning, or you might be able to, able to rewind right now. But probably yeah. right now, Travis uh, Rubeniak. I hope I'm not butchering that. Is saying we need a bonfire meetup, maybe maybe tailgate meetup. Uh, we we we'll should we should talk. I would love if you and I got some road game loca- on location situation happening. Right. I don't know if it'll it'll happen this year. Well, but like I mean, a, a home game, like pre pregame kind of thing. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like we got, we got 85 people watching live right now. These 85 people could be in your establishment. So if you're out there and you well, want yes. some bomber road game action happening at your yes. bar, your restaurant, that sort of thing. And you got some good internet. Let's go. Let's get bonfire sports live on location. I would love that. Um, we have some feelers out there actually, Darren. We have some well, feelers, so stay sp- tuned, folks. Speaking of sponsors, yes, huge shout out to our good friends at Maroons Road Apparel. They're awesome. Like, great local company, super cool designs. I've been telling everybody about this one. So, like, look, it's almost midnight on Friday night. Father's Day is in a matter of hours. I think dad would love this t-shirt. You can also get it on a hoodie. They have got tons of different iconic Winnipeg uh, uh, designs, the famous Fat Boy burger. If you haven't read about the the history of the Fat Boy, it's really cool in Winnipeg. I'm not sure where you can find that, but uh, tons of great uh, designs from Maroons Road Apparel. You can check them out, maroonsroadapparel.com. Link... uh, to their website in the video description uh, below here on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, check out our Instagram, bonfire.sports. Uh, we've got uh, links to Maroons Road stuff there as well. I love this iconic Winnipeg Stadium design, the old yeah, Canadians, the old, uh, like when I was a kid growing up in St. James, it was like, oh, it's Pac-Man. Because it was that big yellow, gomp, gomp, gomp. that's just me. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. But, you know, like just really, really cool designs. Here's a combo between the stadium and the Winnipeg arena. Uh, they've yeah. got hoodies, t-shirts, hats, toques. They've got uh, paper prints. I don't know if you can see this one behind me here. When we go full screen, maybe uh, people will get a better look at it, but they got prints. You can, uh, you know, hang up in, in your office or your home. Great people, local company. Check them out. Maroonsroadapparel.com. If you don't know how to spell it, Google it like Google maps. Not only will you know where Polo park is, you will also know how to get to maroonsroadapparel.com. So yeah, this is the, these are the awesome prints they have. Oh, oh my goodness. Whoa, whoa, whoa it's late. That was my, that was my autographed uh, Paul Henderson photo. Oh, shoot. I know. Anyway, 
How cool That's is that? Right? And you can like... Up. Oh, there's Ooh, the arena. Nice. Great people. Awesome sponsors we have here uh, on Bonfire Sports. Uh, shout out Maroons Road. Heather, Sid. Love you guys. Love uh, it. Love yeah. it. So, um, should the should the Blue Bombers, like, uh, maybe not betting lines, Zach, but like, how do you see the days leading up to the Hamilton Tiger Cats coming to Winnipeg? Of course, we're going to be looking towards the Tiger Cats and Stampeders playing uh, later this week, uh, tomorrow night, 630 Central. Oh, pardon me. I think that's 630 Eastern. So 530 here in Winnipeg. Um, right. I'm curious to see how Hamilton looks at home. Uh, they didn't look particularly good at all last week. They lost handily 30 to 13 in Saskatchewan to the Rough Riders. That defense in Saskatchewan's legit. Um, yeah. We'll see how they manage uh, the Calgary Stampeders. But from a Blue Bombers perspective, Zach, mm-hmm. like is confidence there right now? Where would you maybe grade the confidence on a scale to a 10 or 100 or whatever you want to do? I, I think my my confidence in them has grown significantly since last week. I think last week we were lucky to take out a win. You had Ackland drop that ball, right? Uh, you had a couple other things go our way. I I I was quite impressed with the resilience and grit of the bombers today i think you saw a few things that you saw some more penalties than you usually have with the bombers you saw winston rose beat again but he wasn't yeah let's do that he wasn't beat on the double move i think jeff coat came in i think that offense is just gonna i thought our offense really turned it on in the in the end of the second quarter and in the second half and and the, and especially the fact that they were able to get the run game going, and and Zach Kolaris is is getting you know he's got that connection with with Ellingson, he's got that connection now with Shone. I hope I hope Bailey isn't hurt too bad. It looks like he got mm. his bell rung a little bit, but we don't know. He was back in the game. Was he back later? Okay, yeah. good to know. Uh, my penalty. Confidence. The the oh, sorry. Go ahead. I want no, to no, touch on, on the penalty. penalty. Uh, I'll give confidence? you a number on the confidence that it's. You, you, a, it's you set it up. A, Where's the confidence? It's about an eight out of ten. I, I think the defense, like the Ben, but they didn't allow a touchdown when the when You're Ottawa giving them an eight. Yeah, I think I give them an eight. I was super impressed with with what they were able to do, and I think you have good coaches that are able to make adjustments. Like until that last drive, Darren, in the second quarter, this team was being owned yeah. again time of possession, yardage. Listen, I, I was just super impressed with how they turned that game around and shut Ottawa down. So this commenter, I'm pretty sure this is Stamkos is better than McDavid, who has now rebranded themselves as <laughs> Jefferson is better than Jeffco. That's hilarious. Huge shout out to whoever you are. Uh, that's awesome. That's good. Uh, that defense is good. confidence is at 100%. Uh, offense for the Blue Bombers at 60 Um yeah, you know, I think that's that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, I'm not going to let two games rewrite my expectations for Zach Kolaris. I'm not. No. And like I kind of mentioned earlier in the show too, Zach, it's week two. Yeah, it's early. Like, like the tickle trunk 
or the magic book of magic spells or, uh, you know, cards in your vest or whatever cliche you want to use. This isn't the entire book. It's no. two games against one team, uh, a back-to-back to start the season. We're probably not going to see too much, but Winnipeg was clutch when they needed to. B, they uh, got the job done. The penalties were awful tonight. The mistakes uh, on special teams and on defense, um, in particular, yeah. obviously the mistakes on offense. But you know, when you when you're suffering some injuries, that'll factor in more. Uh, Zach, overall, they got the job done. Good teams find a way to win. Um, and like we said last week here on on game day after dark, you got to be lucky to be good, and you got to be good to be lucky. And I think Winnipeg was less fortunate tonight. I think they were more, um, you know, masters of their own destiny. I, you know, I agree. For yeah. lack of a better way of putting it, yeah, they they earned full full dollars for for the win tonight, and um, I I was impressed. I, I I was very impressed with the grit people need to remember that Ottawa looks like a pretty darn good team and we'll see what they can do against the rest of the East and the West. They look like a darn good team and the Bombers are on the road and the Bombers have a lot of new pieces. They have less continuity than they did last year. Right. Uh, Especially on, especially on defense. So listen, I think we need to be patient, but Honestly, to come out of kind of out of a back to back against a good Ottawa team, two and zero, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm, I'll be happy to take it. And and I'm seeing the chat here. Zach Kolaris's winning percentage is unbelievable with the Bombers. Right, you take away that meaningless. I believe it was the Calgary game that which we lost last year. The end of well, the yeah, season. and it was a, that was a lot of Sean McGuire too, right? But because Zach a lot started, of Sean McGuire and 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 Drew Brown. So I take that one. I think he's 19 and one. So maybe someone can correct me, but I believe he's 19 and one with the Bombers, including playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's a two because of that meaningless Calgary game, which he which he like, had the credit for starting. Like 19 and one. We, oh, so it's like 19 and one is that's 20 games. He hasn't played two. <laughs> he's barely played one full season. Right, like a, a regular eighteen game schedule. He's played twenty games. He has two great cup rings. It's insane. It's, it's insane and, and figuratively and, uh, insane. It's it's not unbelievable. And, and, and I think, um, I think I, I again, I'll, I'll I'll speak to what O'Shea said. He said this many years ago. Quarterbacks are responsible for winning the game. And I like that quote because the numbers might look different one week to another. Ottawa wasn't allowing, you know, big throws, as many big throws as, as you might get on a BC or something last year. Every defense is different. Buck Pierce is going to tailor the offense to, to the particular defense. When you win that many times, there's a consistent variable and it's Zach Kalaris. And I think it's his ability. It's his, it's his wiliness that and his and and the guts on the guy and the accuracy and in big money again that turning point yeah. i think darren is is fairly obvious jeff coat with the strip sack which he wasn't credited for the bombers are holding on to a 7 point lead and zach throws a like just an absolute beauty on the sideline drops it right in the bucket 30 yards to greg ellingson and 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 the guy ellingson was blanketed mm. But to Harp, just be able to do that and say, hey, 
first play off the turnover, we're backed up. I think with Matt Nichols, you would have seen Lapo play that pretty conservatively. Mm-hmm. He, would, he would never have thrown a dime, a low percentage throw 30 yards down the field at that point. Nichols, you mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nichols. And I, so yeah. I just think it's an absolute beauty to watch Zach Galaris. No question. Uh, the the beauty in, in Zach Galaris that you're speaking to is because of players like Dalton Schoen and like Greg Ellingson. And we will see Nick Dembski. No, he hasn't been super involved here in the first two games, but you know who was one of the biggest fans of, of Nick Dembski and, and one of the people that was always mentioned when talking about like the creativity of Paul Apolise? It was Nick Dembski. So when you're like first two weeks of the season, small playbook, the rest, yeah. But you're playing the same opponent that knows how dangerous Nick Dembski could be. He very well, it's hard for us to see on TV or, or live, you know, at IG Field. Nick Dembski could very well have been used as a decoy for eight quarters of football against the Red Blacks, like totally. easily. And then tonight, just when the decoy starts wearing off, you see him used a little bit, right? Running yeah. in the middle, running, you know, sweeps and, and the like, catching some passes. So, um, Football is 3D chess. It might even be 4D yeah. chess. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. There, there's a lot going on that that we don't see. Um, and it's, and but, it's hard to predict for that reason, right? Like you go in, yeah. you were talking about the Hamilton game. Yeah, and Trevor Thompson, uh, good point. Dembski's fly sweep when he was stacked up in the backfield and to turn that into 12 yards, he basically ran, he made it 15-yard gain because he was backed up by three. I, 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 I don't know. I'll see how Hamilton plays tomorrow. I didn't see a lot from Dane Evans. I think defenses have the book on him. I think the Stamps, even without Bo being healthy, they've got Mayer and they've got an incredibly good defense. They always have a good defense. Mm-hmm. What is this? Shorzy was loosely based on... <laughs> so like the the HBO, the Crave TV uh, series, it's a spinoff of Letterkenny called Shorzy. Okay. And the whole concept of it is like their their little men's league junior hockey team or, or whatever it is. Uh, this team will never lose again. We will never lose again. So that's the Zach Kalar story of uh, rural. Um, it's the football version of, of rural Ohio versus rural Ontario where Shorzy is. Okay. I, I love but, that. Uh, I love that. Shorzy. It's, it's, well, Go I'm ahead. a fan. It's pretty. It's a pretty funny show. I'm a fan. I've never seen. It now I got to watch it. I will pull out yeah. a nerd stat that Zach's only loss with the Bombers when he when he played the last year against the Argos on the back of a back to back on the mm-hmm. road. Guess who wasn't playing in that game? Who? Nick Dembski. Mmm. Mm, we're getting tinfoil hat here, buddy. I, I don't know. <laughs> 19 and one is absolutely nuts. I'm not going to give him 19 and two. He's 19 and one. My gut feeling, Darren, and I could be proven wrong. It's the CFL. That's the beauty of it. We could see Hamilton come to play tomorrow and, and beat the stamps going away. I don't know, but based on what I saw and granted Saskatchewan has an exceptional defensive front, as you talked about last time, (laughs) I didn't see anything in Hamilton that scares me. I, 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 right now, from what I've Look, seen, and I'm a homer. I, I, I can't I wait for tomorrow night. I see the Bombers win that one going away, but I don't know. I can't wait for tomorrow night because I want to see what Hamilton looks like against a team that isn't defensive coordinated by 
Jason Shivers. Shivers. When Chris Jones left Saskatchewan, I'll just tell you, as somebody that watches pretty much every game in the league, okay? Like, I'll watch every game. Sometimes I got to watch them on PVR. Sometimes I got to watch it, like, do-do-do with the the fast-forward or whatever. But I, I watch pretty much all of it. Since Chris Jones left the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Jason Shivers was a defensive assistant there, and he kind of took, well, he didn't kind of take over. He did take over the defense. And that first year, he was pretty good. I was like, yeah. wow, okay, he borrowed some Chris Jones concepts, some, some more traditional ones, that sort of thing. Shivers' defense is good. Then the next year, I was like, wow, it's even better. Like, different players, some guys moving around, the ratio changed with Cam Judge and, and those sorts of things. And then another year, And it's like, wow, Jason Shivers could be the best defensive coordinator in the league. Like he very Mm. well may be. Uh, He's that good. Um, Saskatchewan, like, you know, Ed Ganey and and Nick Marshall and like Derek Moncrief deserves all the praise in the world. That guy is Derek Moncrief. eh? He's unbelievable. He's so good. He's a good football player. Uh, they have a lot of, of big names on that defense. The reason they're getting the recognition, like AC Leonard, pretty much a sack a game last season. Um, it's tough when you're in a, a division with, with some really, really good defensive ends um, yeah. as far as all-star nods and, and the rest. But, um, and you know, gamer gaming 69, I don't totally disagree that Richie Hall is better. His defense has been the best in the league for a long, long time. I'm just saying Jason Shivers as a coordinator himself, neutral talent, neutral team, neutral, whatever. I I would take a Jason Shivers defense over pretty much everybody else. It, it's, it's really, I'm really impressed with him. So not putting too much on the Hamilton Tiger cats, not being able to get too much done in week one on the road in Regina. That's just me. But we'll see how uh, things go tomorrow night. Uh, It'd be in, fun to watch, man. And it's always of, fun to watch the rest of the the rest of the weekend's games when your team has already won. I'm, I'll say that as a Bombers fan. You know, it's it's just uh, you get to bask in the glow of a win, and you, and it's just you know it's it's gravy, right? You can see, oh, how are the other guys doing? Oh, yeah, we won. Yeah, baby. I love mm-hmm. the win tonight, Darren. I know we probably got to put a bow on it because we're almost at that two hour mark. Yeah. But, uh, I was just, I'll tell you, I was super, super impressed with the win and it was a gutsy, gutsy win. And I think meant you talked about mentally with, with Mark Leggio, Darren, I think mentally when you're getting owned in the first half on the road, especially in a back to back, it's easy to fold up the tent and just say, you know what, let's give them this one. This it's not our day today. And that's just not the way O'Shea coaches these guys, No, no, not the way they coach themselves. And they're tenacious as hell. Yeah, they are tenacious as hell. And I, I remember, love, I love it. I love this team. Well, that. it's an easy, it's an easy team to love. I, I yeah. remember Mike O'Shea talking early in the 2019 season when things were kind of up and down a little bit. I can't specifically remember when we got them. Like they did finish third in the West that year, on their way to a championship. And Mike O'Shea was talking about like, you know, things not looking good on the field and the energy being low. And, you know, he was answering questions after the game, like, you know, the body language wasn't good. And, you know, the energy was low and you weren't able, that sort of thing. And he said, you know, I looked down the bench and nobody was hanging their head. Nobody was taking pity on themselves that the Bombers were losing. And that's why 
they put everything on the line for their teammates, for their coach, for their coaches. Um, they, they're never out of the game. So, you know, like if it's a a nine, one football game or a nine, seven football, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You go out, you you go into halftime, you do your job. You, you don't worry about the score. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're zero and zero every week. We're trying to get to one and oh, that's like the Mike O'Shea mantra every single week. Well, every single play on the field, the score is zero, zero. That's all. That's, that's the way they look at it. That's the way they look at it. And as a fan watching, uh, and uh, this is new for me as a bomber fan, I will say this, but even when they're down nine, one or down by 12 in the gray cup, I think I, I, I tell me what you think Chattersons, but, uh, I, I, (laughs) Chattersons, I I think, (laughs) come on, let's be serious for a second. No, no, they're, they're the masters. Love those guys. I, I, I think, even if even if the momentum is all in Ottawa's side, I I still have confidence, and I'm not surprised when they come back and they they not even pull it out of the fire. I was going to say that, Darren, but when they just find a way, and I think there's there's this Zen like sort of, I don't want to get too deep as a therapist act, but in mindfulness, it's like every moment is a unique moment. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if Michael Shea is a mindfulness person. I suspect he isn't. But there is a Zen of Mike O'Shea and that he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He'll never admit every, it or talk about it. Every play is zero, zero. I love what you said there. And I, mm-hmm. and I think that's how he coaches the guy, the guys. And I think when, when every play is fresh and every play is an opportunity to take over the game, you don't get caught up in the mental load of like, Oh, we're down. It's going to take so much to come back. I just, right. And you saw, you saw Lapo who hasn't proven, I love Lapo, but he hasn't proven to people, everybody I talked to, he hasn't proven to people that he's head coach material. You saw him lose his mind on the sideline. Like he got very upset and you like, you don't, well, he didn't like that. a call. That's fair. You, you do see that no shea if he doesn't like a call. Uh, not very often though. Maybe but we'll have to think about that. I I, I haven't seen like we, we can talk it, about it on Bonfire Midweek Tuesday night. Bonfire Midweek, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, should we should we wrap up with our Walby's Warrior Happy Honker and uh, oh what boy, was the other one we did last one. I can't remember. I just we wanted to mention Walby's Warrior Mark Morissette. If you missed anything, podcast will be up very soon. You can watch again on YouTube or on Facebook, uh, and it was. Transcona Paul. Yeah. Transcona Paul, he says, late and liked again, boys. I, I hope he doesn't mean licked, like he's licked. That's kind of a colloquial term for maybe being a little lubricated, but That's okay. he's doing what, what we need you all to do out there. Give us a like. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe. You can ring the little bell. Once you subscribe, a little bell appears. If you click that bell, you'll get alerted every time we go live here on Bonfire Sports. So pregame, postgame, Bonfire Midweek, Tuesday nights at 7.30. Um, And then there's a lot of other cool stuff we put up on the channel, right? Like I had a one-on-one conversation. We went live this week uh, with Paul LaPolice. I got a piece up right now. The audio got a little screwy. But uh, awesome two-on-one with Brady and Johnny, Oliveira and Augustine. And, uh, you know, having them compare each other, like describe each other as 
a football player and, and just great yeah. elicited answers, great energy between those two. They like each other a lot. Um, it, it was a fun uh, interview to do, and I'm sure yeah, people I'm will have fun watching it. Um, but yeah, the podcasts, the videos, like, subscribe, uh, do everything you can to support us here, and we'll keep creating this great free content for for you guys here on Bonfire. All right. Well, we let's let's do it. Well, let, let's do it quick. Walby's Warrior for me. I think this is this is something that we saw a lot of on the chat. Uh, it's it's Jeff Code. He steps mm. in, basically causes two forced fumbles. He was he was an absolute. He gets that sack, which was a great great hustle sack on his part. Happy honker for me. Actually, I'll go off the board here a little bit. Is is Chris Kalinkowski? You come in Ooh, as a nice. backup center. On that crucial, crucial drive when they're down nine to one, he comes on the on the red zone. First play, as you said, pass protection is harder. It's passive, right? You're reacting, and they get the touchdown. And Zach had, had to buy a little bit of time there. So, shout out to Kalinkowski. I think that's uh, you know Michael Shell. always says any of our guys can start, and we know sometimes you know to scoff at that a little bit. But hey, you, you show it there with Kalinkowski. I think I'm, I'm going to throw in a turning point of the game. I'm not going to call it the TSN turning point. We'll, we'll think of our own. Maybe when the bonfire got lit was was that Jefferson strip sack on on Masoli on third down deep in bomber territory up by a touchdown. Yeah. And then Kalaros just rips one like he doesn't care. Kalaros doesn't care. He nope. doesn't care if we're sitting on our hands and we're nervous. He's like, he's got the cojones, man. Game. I love it. You know he sees he sees a he sees a wall and he just runs through it. Just love it, and he and he throws an absolute dime thirty yards into a tight window with a with the DB all over Ellingson. Love that connection with him and Ellingson. I think that's going to be yeah. magic all year. And then Westwood's right wide to the right for me, Darren. Actually, kind of goes. And by the way, someone said uh, Shown had a little bit of a headshot. I didn't see that. He took a uh, hit. I don't know if it was a he headshot, a hit. but yeah. Um, the, the, the West was right to the right. Was that call? Uh, I'm not sure which DB it was. Was it, was it Randall Evans? I'm not sure on Bailey and just, Oh yeah, I get, it doesn't look good. It gets a hit to the head. I know Gregory's, uh, really tough on the headshots and I, and I appreciate that, but I just don't think it's fair to the DB on a bang, bang play when these guys are going full speed. I just don't think it's fair because it, you can't avoid that. I'm not talking about Simone Lawrence where he could have avoided smoking Cody Fajardo in that play. It was it Money Hunter Waiters 27 is saying, I don't know how you avoid that. And then and then if you penalize that all the time, Darren, mm -hmm. DB's gonna do, right? You're you're almost walking on eggshells, and we don't want to see that in the CFL. So that's my Westwood's wide to the right. So you just banged him out. Like, here's your Walby's Warrior, here's your <laughs> uh what was the second one? Your Westwood wide to the Happy right. Happy honker got... was calling. Happy honker. Okay. Well, I don't know if people have an appetite to go much longer. Okay, so than you got you got <laughs> clearly they do. We still got. I guess they do. Dozens, Maybe I should have dozens of people. It's Friday night. It's not even midnight. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just getting my wind going here. Uh, no, you no, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, so you got Chris Kolonkowski as your warrior stepping no, in. No, 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 no. Jeff Coat oh. is the warrior. Happy honker is Kolonkowski. Turning point is Jeff Coates strip, Kalaros rip. Westwood's wide to the right is is that is that flag on on I it looks like it was Money Hunter. Thanks, okay. Waiter 27. Yeah. I'll quickly rip through mine. I, I won't speak to each. Uh you set me up. What am I picking first? Walby's Warrior. 
Dietrich Nichols. <laughs> of course. Uh, honorable <laughs> mention to Dalton Schoen. But Dietrich Nichols was my warrior tonight. He was a absolute beast. Or as young football players say these days, he was a dog tonight. He yeah. was yeah. Darren, can I ask you, do you see him going to the NFL next year if he continues to play like this? Is he young enough? I think he is. The age is everything, right? Like yeah. if you're 28, 28's kind of almost too old now. Yeah. Like that's when Big Hill got released from the Saints. He was 28, 29. That was it. Right. You know, Willie Jefferson probably aged out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. He is he's, been, he's been good in he's been good in two leagues now. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's my warrior. My happy honker. My happy honker will go to Greg Ellingson. Who wouldn't yeah. be more happy? Two games, two touchdowns. Yep. 140 right. yards combined or something like that, right? Yeah, I think uh he's 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 taken the happy honker from me. Um What's next? Turning point. I mean, that's hard to argue the turning point. Maybe you have something I'll, different. Well, no, I'll, I'll say the turning point was Ellingson's touchdown. Winnipeg's first touchdown of the game. Um, yeah. I just think was the little spark that they needed. Or how about Johnny Augustine? Because I have him written down here. He was the spark plug. Yep. Like what a, What an in you know injection of energy, a shot to the arm when he comes into the game. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Um and then final one. Oh, wide West to the right. Wide to the right. People out there worried about this football team. There's no reason to be super, super concerned. Like, oh, I'm worried. Like, yeah, that's a good my one. Twitter mentions during the game. Like, people are like, oh, the, the, the secondary is getting torched and the kicking game can't do it. And Zach Kolaris is, the offense is flat and there's no run game. And hang on. <laughs> hang on okay like it's week two they're two and oh they're finding ways to win they've played one team we'll see i think they're we'll a good see. football club i think fans will I be okay i i would love to see a west final in mosaic or in, Ooh, in yeah. ig between um the riders and the blues the riders are looking good but anyway that was just one game too so we'll see the other thing i'm going to be looking for as we wrap it up darren is what is going to happen with Oliver and Augustine? Because you're you're looking at a lot of you're, you're noticing a lot of people in the chat and on Twitter saying, "Why isn't Augustine starting?" I trust Buck Pierce. I get I get uh, when you look at it on the page and you look at average. Even tonight, it was much better than Oliveira's. Yep. But I just trust Buck Pierce and that staff, mm-hmm. and and I and what they're doing is working, and they're doing it for a reason. Just interesting to see what happens in terms of who starts and how they rotate those guys in. Sorry, I shouldn't have said a West final in Regina. That was, that was heresy. I mean, a West final in IG field between the riders and bombers winner plays Ottawa. I, I think, I think we might see Ottawa there, man. Whew, really? Yeah. I, I, they looked really good, but, but it's so early. I don't know, man. I just, I just think Masoli is playing at a, at a, at another level right now. And he's the easily the best quarterback in the East. After, as far uh, as is, no, I, I agree with you there. He's easily yeah. the best quarterback in the East. Uh, I, I just, I think Hamilton made the wrong choice in, in going with Dane he Evans, did. but when it comes to Brady and Johnny, there is something they mentioned to me 
<clears throat> excuse me, they, there's something they mentioned to me uh, in my two-on-one that you can find on our YouTube page. Go check it out. It, it's, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun interview. I don't want to give it away, but go there and find out what they say about themselves as a duo. And it's not just like them playing off each other, motivating each other. There is an actual like physical element that makes sense. When you hear them say it, you'll be like, right. Because the Blue Bombers had to replace Andrew Harris or they had to find a replacement for Andrew Harris. You're never going to replace someone like him. How do you do that? You got to go find another unicorn? (laughs) No, you're going to get two horses that can pull the wagon. And that's what the Blue Bombers did. So go check out that interview on uh, on YouTube uh, right now. Uh, Darren, I, 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 I don't know if I podcasted it. I don't know if you did. You should. I I, I haven't had. Well, a we got to podcast this one because it's we're going. We should probably wrap it up. It's it's we're over two hours. Well, and people are really hitting the cap lock now. It's just people are trying to <laughs> yell here. Um, no, definitely. Arms in the chat. What's going on? I think that was a solid metaphor, and I think you get the last word there. I, I don't want to add anything that was masterful with the unicorn and the two horses. I think Darren, it would be interesting to see you go like all night because I I feel like you would it would be like Andrew Harris getting into. the We can do that corner. for charity one one time. You, Maybe we'll... you just get going, buddy. I love it. You get better as we go on. I, I maybe start to fade and start to think, uh, crap, those kids are going to well, wake up soon. But... You're bonfire sports resident father. You've got yeah. little ones running around the Obviously house. You know? Right here. You have, you have a busy partner and a busy wife and, and busy life, busy house. Uh, you know, you, you're allowed to be tired. Okay. I, I, uh, I watch yeah. and talk about football for a living. So we love uh, it. We love it. And we love, we love the fans here. And the listeners, and um, I'll, I'll yeah, say this: Darren, guys are awesome, I, awesome in the well, live. I chat just today. want to say this: when I was a fan, and I'm still a fan, but when I when I didn't have a podcast going and I was looking for content, this is exactly what I would have listened to. I would have loved it. I would have loved to be on the chat, and I just I just want to give a shout out to the listeners because that's why we do it. Yes, we love to hear ourselves talk, and you and I would probably talk anyway about football four hours a week. But it's <laughs> it's if fans are enjoying it, and it's and it's helping you enjoy the Bombers, the team that you love even more, and football more. That's awesome. That's all we want. And and I think if anyone has any feedback too, like if there's things you'd like to see more of or less of, if you want to see me shave or you want to see Darren shave, or but honestly, content-wise, hit the tip there's things that you know you want us to get to uh, get, tell us ahead of time and and we'll we'll try and get to it it's it's for you guys it's for us but it's for yes. you and uh well people I need to know that because just having a blast man well me too and and i can tell you're having a blast the energy you bring is awesome zach uh here's people need to know this because i've been asked this since you and i started these shows doing the post game together and, and doing bonfire midweek on tuesdays uh they go like how did you two get linked up like my mom asked me that. I'm like, mom, oh, we really? talked about it in the first episode. She listens. She watches them all. You know, you called me. Zach yeah. called me and said, I want my Let's Go Bombers podcast on the air. You demanded. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we had a great conversation. We struck up a friendship. And, and now, you know, I think you and I have the same MO, not Mike O'Shea. Uh-huh. Oh, but mission one. objective. Or you can use the Latin term, too, if, if you're smarter than I. We have the same MO, create 
quality content for you out there. Every single one of you, each and every one, your input matters, your voice matters. Mm -hmm. We want you to be involved in the show. So hit up the live chat. That's why I set up the text line, like call it, text it, tweet at us, Facebook message, whatever, like subscribe, do all those things, support it. And then we'll be able to keep doing it for you. And, uh, you know, maybe, Hey, if you're a sponsor out there, Mm -hmm. see how many people are, are, are watching and are engaged in the show. We can, uh, we can help you get your message out. So, uh, uh, hit up the hotline or email me or do whatever you need to do to uh, to do that. But okay, let's wrap it up. We're we're literally at two fifteen now, so uh, we're officially oh, past the quota for next week. But uh, final thoughts, Zach. Well, I, I just uh, the team impressed the heck out of me tonight. I know I sent you a panic text in the first half. I'm like, this is ugly, <laughs> and you're like, calm down, Relax. calm down. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, it's a whether they win or lose, honestly, and it's of course it's it's amazing when they win as a fan, but to see the guts on the team and and the the resilience, I think fans, I encourage you or invite you to really savor what you're watching, because you could see this team go for a three peat, and it and I think if they win this year, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, or even if they're successful this year, mm-hmm. it. It it's almost more impressive than the first two because of all the changeover and all the pressure on them. I just mm-hmm. think they do things the right way. And over time that produces the results. You're not necessarily going to see a gray cup again this year. Lots can happen in a CFL season, yep. but boy, am I, boy, am I stoked to use a bonfire <laughs> metaphor to keep watching this team win or lose and my last thing is you're getting a lot a lot of pokes about this green shirt darren so you might need to read the people have often people okay. have been threatened to unsubscribe so i don't know man <laughs> there's no logos no logos nothing <laughs> doesn't nothing. matter no doesn't logos. matter shirt is comfy green goes with brown i got brown eyes that's what i've been told i don't know green goes with brown is that a thing oh okay. yes i think oh, you just made that up brown. Well, you know, there, there's a rider joke in there. I think people can decipher pretty quickly. Ah, very good. Um, I, I didn't miss that. But we'll we'll that. leave it there. We'll see everybody back here Tuesday, 7.30 Central. Zach and I will go live with another edition of our weekly show, Bonfire Midweek. Uh, until then, enjoy. Hit like and subscribe. We appreciate it a lot. We appreciate all of you out there. Thanks for watching. Bombers win again. They're 2 0, 19 12, your final score in Ottawa tonight. Good night. Good night, everyone.